The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Welcome in, welcome in. It is day three of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast live at the Super Bowl on Radio Row. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam back for day three. And boy, do we have a special, special lineup of guests for you today. In just a few minutes, Verderam, we're going to be joined by the great Hall of Famer, former Chief, former 49er, Joe Montana. So my question for you is, one, how excited are you? And two, is Joe going to have to get a restraining order after he leaves? Very, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty unique, man. I've never, of all the people I've interviewed over my career, I've never interviewed Joe Montana. So every time we've done it for fansided, it's been calm, which I'm, I'm still deeply annoyed by. Yep. Um, but here we are. I no, I can't wait. I am very looking forward, very much looking forward to it. And then also we have other guests as well throughout the course of two hours. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot to get to. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to help us out, if you're watching live on YouTube, make sure you like this video. If you got a Twitter tweet it out i know chiefs fans are going to want to see us talk to joe montana uh I, you know i just mean for me i know i said this on the podcast multiple times joe montana is pretty much the reason i'm sitting here today uh, you know yep. as a kid growing up starting to get into the nfl i love joe montana he's the reason i became a chiefs fan and and becoming a chiefs fan is the reason why i have a job you know covering the league right now it's it's just it's absolutely unbelievable i'm so excited I can't say anything. I don't want to say all that to him because he's going to be like, who is this weird guy? But it is going to be really cool. Definitely a high watermark for me. Uh, this maybe even surpasses the Casey Beer thing. Let's not go nuts. <laughs> you know. By the way, our sponsor is Casey Beer. Sold out of Arrow Red Lager again. The six, really? the six packs. The six packs. You can still get it. Get a growler. Get out of the beer hall at Casey Beer Co. In Kansas City. Our beer, Arrow Red Lager. They, they sold out of the six-packs, they made more, and they sold out of them again. It's a beautiful thing. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, but let's get back to Joe Montana. What's your favorite memory from him during his time as a chief? Well, I was, I was five, but my favorite memory was probably when they beat the Steelers and the Oilers back-to-back weeks in the playoffs. I mean, that had to be. And then I, I do remember that Mile High comeback uh, the following year. I was... I was six. I stayed up for that entire game. That was a cool thing, just being able to stay up that late. Yeah. We woke up. My mother. Excuse <laughs> me. That was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, what is your opinion? I was just uh, – I was in an Uber yesterday, actually. We were heading back to, to where we're staying, and our driver was a 49ers fan. So we were talking to him about the game, you know, a couple weeks ago and all that. We talked to him. I told him we were going to be talking to Joe, and, and he said – you know, he was laughing about Kansas City during the Carl Peterson years. He said – we used to joke that, that it was it was San Francisco Midwest because right. all the co- all the quarterbacks come yeah. would come over. Why? What do you think? Uh, why do you think Carl was so obsessed with 49ers quarterbacks? Uh, because you couldn't draft one of his own. <laughs> I, I mean, that might be part of the problem. I hope Todd Blackledge isn't walking around here somewhere. I hope he's not either. <laughs> I really do. I, you know, it's funny too. Like the uh, the Chiefs have a table set up not too far away from us, and I was thinking like 
if, if somebody like that walked by, like, would the Chiefs table walk him in there? They'd be, get out of here. Right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> right. Poor guy. Uh, no, I'm very excited. Uh, also coming up today, after we talk to Joe, we're going to have uh, another former Chief. Kyle Turley is going to be coming by and another Super Bowl champion, right. Jim McMahon. That's a good one, living in Chicago. Yeah, man's, man's worshipped out there. He is. He is. Between him, Walter Payton, uh, some of the some of the very famed 85 Bears. Yeah. Looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, not too many guys know it's like to win a Super Bowl for the Bears. Yeah, that's and, true. Man's one of them. Yeah. If, if I ask Jim McMahon to do the Super Bowl shuffle for us, do you think he'll have security escort me out? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All Thanks. right. I wanted to get it all out of the way right up front. Um, so those guys are going to drop by. Uh, then we'll have Sam Monson from uh, Pro Football Focus. Another day of Pro Football Focus. We're going to ask him the good. hard questions. I know, I know the fans out there love it so much. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, well, I'm sure it'll be a very civilized conversation around PFF. It yeah, always is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then we're going to have Clay Harbor dropping by, former NFL tight Great end, guy. played for the Eagles from the Chicago area as well. He, he grew up in Libertyville. Libertyville, actually. Uh, yep. So one of the suburbs of Chicago. And I'm going to ask him if he thinks Travis Kelsey's the GOAT. What do you think he's going to say? Uh, you know what? He he might say, yeah. Like, he's a new age guy. You know, he's not uh, – He's I think he's like, got it. He's like my age. I actually met Clay down at uh, Mobile. Oh, did you? For the Senior Bowl. Well, yeah, we, we shared drinks. Uh, great guy. Great guy. Good what's, what's the man's go-to cocktail? A uh, beer. Oh, beer. Okay. So Man after uh, my own heart. Yeah. So – that said, you know, I'll tell you, you want to feel terrible about yourself. Is he quite stand next to Clay Harbor? Yeah. Who, right? who has, I think, I don't 2% body fat? Yeah. Nicest yeah. guy, though. Couldn't meet anybody who's nicer. Um, really, really just a, a good hang. So looking forward to seeing him talking a little football. I, I saw Kyle Turley walking around here as well. So also, small. yeah, make you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit of Chiefs before Joe gets here. So um, I just saw a James Palmer report that Chris Jones is a little under the weather. Got a sore throat, some congestion. Says he's going to be fine. Um, and some other Chiefs players are a little bit under the weather, apparently. It's it's Wednesday right now, so plenty of time to get over uh, the snivels, a cold. How worried are you about a little bit of illness running around in that locker room, you know, in the most important week of the year? Zero. Honestly. Like I, I mean, put yourself in his position. You've played your whole life to be in the Super Bowl. Got a little bit of a scratchy throat, some congestion, like <laughs> – Double up the Sudafed yeah. and get it done. Yeah. Like, I, I just – I can't imagine that that's going to become some real big issue throughout the course of the week. The, you know, the flu's different. Because right. the flu, you can lose weight. They can really take it out of you. Yeah. A head cold for a couple of days, nah, I'm not just worried gotta, about that. Gotta, I, I mean, I get it. Personally, as a fan, though, I want these guys feeling as good as possible out there on the field. I don't want any distractions. So, hopefully, if it, you know a couple of the key guys are feeling a little bit sick, they got enough time – before the weekend to get over it. But it sounds like all the other injury news coming out of the, the Chiefs camp sounds really positive. Sounds like Kadarius yeah. Tony's good to go, other than McCole Hardman being placed on IR. Um, who do you think is going to have, like, sort of the surprise impact in this game? Is it a guy like Kadarius Tony? Could be. Um, trying to go off the board here. You know what? Yeah, I, I'll, Mike Dana. Okay. You know, because everybody's going to – look, Jones is going to get doubled and Karloftis and Frank are going to get chipped. And what about Mike Dana, who's going to get one-on-ones anytime he's on the field? Right. He had five sacks this year. And he, he, he did not play anywhere near the snaps as other guys did. Yeah. 
Like, I could see him having a game where he has two sacks, and you're like, oh, whoa, Mike Dana, like, huge reason they won the game. I, yeah. I, I could see that. So another thing I wanted to ask you about is I'm getting a little bit I'm getting a little bit annoyed, you know, as as we're watching the coverage, uh, I, it's just it's driving me crazy that every time I flip on the TV, these analysts are talking about, yeah, you know, the Chiefs have a few really good players, but the Eagles just top to bottom have a much better roster. I just like, and this isn't a disrespect to the Eagles. I think they have a very good team, and maybe their team's a little deeper than the Chiefs. But I just, I, I do you feel like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid because they're so great? that people just overlook all the other players on the team, all the other talented guys, and Kelsey, of course, the guys that they have in this roster. And so they look at a, at a team like the Eagles, who Hurts is a good quarterback, you know, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. Right. And so they look closer at the rest of the team, and they just sort of, like, assume that, oh, it's just all Andy, it's all Travis, it's all Chris Jones carrying these guys and Mahomes. I think because Mahomes exists, they're always going to be seen as Mahomes and the Mahomes Vets. Right, right. Like – they could have the best team in NFL history around them, and people are always going to say, Jeff Schwartz, our boy. Um, I, I'll say, by the way, and I say this is a cop because Jeff's a friend. Jeff is one of the largest individuals I've ever seen in my life. He's a big guy. Like, just in terms of just, like, raw stature, it's it's unbelievable. Like, I, I feel like, like if, if you said to me, you get 100 opportunities to try to beat Jeff Schwartz with a pass rush move. Would you even do it once? No. <laughs> like, no. I don't know that I'd survive to the 100th attempt. No, no. Like, he, I, I, I don't, I don't think I could bump into him guy. in a crowd. No, just zero. Stay on my I feel like he's child. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. at some point, I'll have to just yell at Jeff from, from across the room. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam, and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But in any event, no, I think, look, they're always going to be seen as Mahomes and company. Right. Because Mahomes is so – like, you know why the Eagles aren't seen like that? A, they are really talented. They are really, really good. But 
Hertz isn't that level of player that you're like, oh, well, it's him, and then it's this. Like, how are the Bills seen? It's Josh Allen, and then it's also the Bills. Right. You know, even the Bengals to some degree. Like, it's a Gold's Burrow, and it's a gift. The Bengals had a really good team around them. People are like, oh, yeah, their defense is average, all that right. stuff. Like, their defense is a lot better than true. average. Like, people yeah. don't give the Bengals – I said this all year long. Like, people don't give the Bengals roster enough credit. Yeah. But why is it? Because Burrow. Because everybody looks at Burrow and goes, oh, my God, he's the man. He's the guy. When in reality, I guess he's great. But there's a lot that goes into being a great team beyond just a quarterback. Yeah, and I think if you watched, in particular, that AFC championship game, and, of course, he was brilliant, but if you're just watching, if you watch that game, I don't know how you could walk away from it and being like, oh, yeah, Mahomes put him on his back, and he's the right. only reason they won. That was as much of a team win. And what about the Jacksonville game after Mahomes got hurt? That offensive line just put up a brick wall yeah. after that. They really stepped up. A bunch of other players made plays. The rookies are making plays. So I personally, as a Chiefs fan, and I'm sure the Chiefs players feel this a little bit, find it insulting and a little bit of lazy analysis, frankly, to be sitting up here on Super Bowl week and being like, yeah, the Eagles are just, the whole roster is just so much better than the Chiefs have some damn good players. What did they have? The Were they tied for the most pro bowlers yes. in the league? They got all pros. On the offensive line, most of the NFL. You're like, get out of here. Get out of here with this this commentary. And again, it's not to take anything away from the Eagles, but these are two really good teams. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. And it's just not one man. Uh, this isn't the NBA, right? Where like LeBron James is, you right. know, bringing right. bringing a bunch of scrubs to the NBA Finals. It, it, you can't do it in the NFL. I'm with you. I I tend to agree. I, look, you know what? It's a weird talking point, and also like the Chiefs' defense this year. Excuse me, in the playoffs. In, in the playoffs this season, they have given up two touchdowns in two games for drives starting on the other side of the 50-yard line. Yeah. Two against Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Right. Like, it's not like it's like some bum fest that they've played. <laughs> right, right. You know? It's just a thing. Look, and maybe this is – and I admit openly, maybe it's a little bit of the bias for me. If the Chiefs had beaten the hell out of Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy, all we'd hear – Yep. And, and not even Brock Purdy because he barely played the game. Right. All we hear is, well, they've played nobody. They, you, know, yep. they, well, you know, they beat nobody. Like, you know, look, at, look at who these other teams have beaten. Right. It's like, give them the credit that they're due. I yeah. mean, they've beaten really good teams all year long. Their defense is playing as well as anybody the last month and a half of the season. Anybody. And, and look, there were a lot of fair questions just about, hey, was it late in the year playing some teams like Denver Playing the Houston's of the world. Well, they've gotten in the playoffs. You've answered that question. I mean, right. they look, no offense to Mahomes, they won that game against Cincinnati because of their defense. Yep. Straight up. They won that game because of their defensive side of the ball. There is no way they're beating the Bengals if they play defensively the way they played the first two thirds of the year. Right, right. And if they play defensively like they did against the Bengals in this Super Bowl, they're, the they're going to win the game. Um, you got to believe Mahomes is, is feeling a lot better. He's now three weeks removed from the injury. Right. As far as we know, he didn't have any setbacks. That should nope. be good news for Chiefs fans. And I think there's a little bit – if you're the Eagles, you got to go into this game assuming he can do all the things that he can do, right? Like you can't you can't go in there and be like, uh, he's, he's going to be hobbled and, and change yep. your game plan. No, I think – if you're the Chiefs, I almost wonder if you start out by just being like, look, we're – we're going to roll him out once or twice. We're going to make Philadelphia think about it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm the Chiefs. I wouldn't hate doing that. Make Put it in the idea that, hey, or put it, you put the idea in the mind of the Eagles. Hey, 
Maybe we're going to bootleg him. Maybe he can run a little bit. Right. Even if you don't have that as a big part of your plan, it's like when teams will throw deep early in the game just to make you think, like, hey, all right, they're willing to do it. Show that you're willing to do it. Yeah. I saw some talk on Twitter today. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it uh, about the Chiefs' average in the playoffs running the football. Uh, and I, I forget who tweeted it, forgive me, but they, they basically made the point that if you take away Pacheco's big run, which was also bottled up, right. the Chiefs yeah. are averaging like something like 2.2 or 2.4 yards per carry. How much of that is the Chiefs aren't good at running the football, and how much of it is the Chiefs just don't run the football? A combination, but uh, to borrow it, from, to borrow the, uh, the idea from, from who we're going to have on tomorrow, Stephen A. Smith, my answer to that would just be, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. I don't care if they run yeah. for one yard a clip. Yeah. Because let's face it, that's not who they are. They right. don't care. It doesn't matter to them. I, I don't think it, it factors in one way or the other. As uh, we get to welcome in one of the uh, one of the truly greatest uh, of all time, Joe Montana. Joe, welcome in. Thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks Thank you, coming, guys. Joe. Appreciate it. it. Thank What's you. Going on? Yeah. So first things first. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Who are you working with, and uh, why are you working with them? Well, I got a I got a chance to work with a fun promotion with Advanced Auto Parts, and uh, uh, they have a great promotion going on called Most Valuable Play. And so, if you want to be a part or the chance to win, it, get on AdvancedAutoParts.com and register. And before the game starts, and if anyone throws a touchdown pass of 25 yards or more in the game. Doesn't have to be the quarterback because we know everybody's throwing the ball around here every now sure. and then. Yeah, um, twenty-five people will be picked to win gas um, for a year at the Shell stations around the country, and also a five hundred dollar gift certificate to go get those new wipers and anything else you need for your car in advance. Awesome! I, you know, you obviously played vast majority of your career at the 49ers, but since this is a chief stream, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about yeah. those two years in Kansas City. Yeah. When you look back on those two years, what are a couple of moments that stand out for you as maybe your favorite during your time there in Kansas City? Um, I think that this the whole experience was just a, a blast. I mean, from when we moved in, the, the people around us, the people in the city, um, the fans in the stadium, and saying the only thing I wish I'd – had time to spend more would have been at some of the barbecues outside, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> outside right. the stadium. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, you just went to a, a great team, a great organization, a great team. I mean, we has, we should have won a Super Bowl, and I apologize that we didn't because when we played in Buffalo that year, I couldn't throw the ball from here to that camera. <laughs> and that was the net. And, and we did the dumbest thing by losing a game later in the year that cost us home field advantage. And we'd already beat Buffalo once in the year earlier. And even as bad as it was and I was playing in that game, we still had a chance to tie the game at halftime and, and still turn things around. And, yeah, that was that was a Super Bowl team should have won. That was, that was a good, good, good football team. Now, a couple of years ago, we lost uh, Coach Schottenheimer. I wanted to ask you, you got to play for Marty for a few years in Kansas City. What was it about Marty uh, that you thought made him such a great coach? Marty understood the basics of the game, the fundamental part of it, and what, what, what it takes to win at that level, and sometimes a little bit to a quarterback's dismay because 
Uh, we, we called it Marty Ball. Yeah. Run on first down, run on second down. Yeah. So on third and eight, you're killing <laughs> us, Marty. Stop. But, you know, he really realized that the running game was a big part of winning, no matter what team you're on. Even even in today's game, you got to be able to run the football. And, um, yeah, it was he, it was fun and experience. And I'm not sure he was ready for me when I got there. It was we were in our first meeting, and I saw Paul Hackett, who knows me from San Francisco days. All of a sudden, there was this really bad smell in the locker room, and Paul Hackett knew right away I threw a stink bomb in the team <laughs> meeting. <laughs> and so, and it cleared out the whole thing. And Marty went running out of there, cussing and swearing at, at me. But I was just getting warmed up. There you go. <laughs> you know, you had so many great wins. Of course, four Super Bowl wins in San Francisco. And as you mentioned, a great run in 93 at the Chiefs fell a little bit short. I want to ask you, I mean, you're known for your comebacks as much as anything. Maybe the last great comeback of your career was in 94 in Denver on a Monday night. Got Marty his first win at mile high. What do you remember about that game? And, and what does it mean to you looking back on it? Well, it was, I mean, that was one of those classics with John, you know, I've known John for a long time and um, just, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, everybody thought the last touchdown that was scored was going to be, that was it. And then another team goes back, they go back down and score again. And then we get the ball back with a little bit of time. And it was fun because actually the touchdown pass the, that Willie caught was right there by my wife and my daughter were right there by the end zone. So it was fun uh, for them to be right so close to that last one. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was a fun game. You know, we, playing up there is hard, you know, for everybody. And then it's not just the, uh, the altitude. They, they play well at home and fan base is crazy and throw stuff at you and, <laughs> and everything else. But yeah, um, yeah they're, but those are the fun those are the fun games to be in, you know, the game we with Pittsburgh and, you know, coming back and uh, at home there. So that was good. I mean, you get to play against a lot of great quarterbacks during your era. You're going up against John Elway, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly. Is there somebody that you like doing battle against the most? I mean, no, the quarterbacks don't step on the field at the same time, but is there somebody you really uh, enjoy playing against? Well, we had a lot of battles with, I was just talking with his son over here with Phil Sims and the yeah. Giants, you know, we we played them a lot, and uh, it was it was a good it was a good good battle back and forth for a long time, and yeah. it was funny. It's um, we had this crazy relationship, like we hated each other, both teams. But but like Phil and I, my wife said to me, "Why do, why don't you like him?" I go, "I don't know. <laughs> He's on the other team," <laughs> and she goes, "Well, does he know that why he doesn't like you?" And I go. I don't know. I never asked him. So what? He goes, why don't you talk to him? I said, okay. I never thought of that. <laughs> so uh, we said, I talked to him one time. I was getting my wife says, this is crazy. And I go, I agree. So it was, yeah, we're opponents. But then it became such good friends. He actually coached my kids, teaching, throwing them, throwing the football after that. So as they were coming right. up, the boys. So it was pretty fun. Did he do a good job? He did a great job. <laughs> he did a great job, as usual. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm curious. Four Super Bowls, but to get to the first one, you had that famous 81 NFC title game at home against Dallas. When you look back on it, obviously, look, the rings are what matter most in terms of his team achievement. Yeah. But 
that game to get there when you're an underdog at home. It, it is a weird game. It's six turnovers in that game. I know. Game, that's what I was going to say. It's a bizarre game. Does that game mean more to you in some ways and even some of the Super Bowls because it got you to your first one? I think that one did more than the almost as much as the first Super Bowl. You know, when you look at the big hump for the 49ers over the history has been the Cowboys. And, you know, we had already beat them once in the year. And so, you know, they were a lot of talk going back from them about they still had no respect for us and this and that. And so to be able to go back in and beat them and, you know, and the Cowboy fans are always all mad at me. And I go, you don't be mad at me because you guys got the ball back and you couldn't score. So you should be mad at my our defense. And uh, they go. In fact, the one guy just right here said, "I don't even remember that." But I think you're right. I go, "No, I know I'm right." It was Eric Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Eric Wright. Yeah, that's what that's what won the game. But yeah, crazy, wasn't it? All the turnovers and fumbles and interceptions, everything. Looking back, people would go, "Well, of course the Niners won. They had Joe Montana, and it, but you weren't Joe Montana yet, right? You didn't have the legacy yet. You were a third-year quarterback. At what point you had to go 89 yards on that last drive?" At what point were you like, we're scoring? Was it was it legitimately eighty nine yards away, or was it at like? No, it was. It, the know, the, the thing about it was, is we really, I think we just needed a, a field goal to tie, and um, we, everybody was expecting us to throw the ball. Well, we ran the ball the majority of the way until we got down. We made a couple plays for first downs throwing the ball, but majority of it was come come on the ground for us, and you know we. We didn't have an outstanding uh, running back at the time. We didn't have Roger Craig. Um, Alimbo, all I did a great job. But, um, yeah, there was – I don't know, it was an interesting game. I, I look back on it, and it reminds me of the last game I played at Notre Dame in, in Houston. Same thing. Nasty, nasty day, though, in there in Houston. And there were so many turnovers, but they forget because I threw a touchdown pass to win the game at the end of the game. So uh, – but um, it, yeah, I look. I look to that game as probably the kickstart to the 49ers, you know, getting past that hump. And you got to play with the greatest receiver of all time, and Jerry Rice. As you watch the league today with a lot of these young, dynamic wide receivers, is there anybody that you see out there playing that you're like, man, I would have liked to have uh, tossed a few balls to him during my career? Oh man, there's a bunch of them, and they're so big, you know. And yeah. you, you know, you look at them, and they—I mean, they, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. You caught me off guard on that one, but I mean, you. Uh, I'll with the name in a minute, but there's <laughs> any. I mean, when you look at the guys, just think of the guys that Marino had. You know, yeah. they, they were all five ten, five eleven, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and these guys. Six four, six five, you know, getting free releases off the ball. Yeah, yeah. I like to see Danny play today. <laughs> when when you look back, I mean, you retired after the '94 season. You'd made the playoffs a few times for Kansas City. The next year, they went. And they went 13 and three, and they were in the divisional round. They had that that loss from mm. Kansas City Stars and gotten over. Yeah. Um, do you ever look back? And go, I wish I would have played one more year. Or do you look back? And go, no, I'm I'm good. I'm glad I retired. No, right there. I actually wish I would have. You know, I thought about it. I made a decision pretty quick, um, and mainly because of the uh, looking at the concussion, and I started looking at my family. And you know, I've been, I missed a lot of them growing up, and I started thinking about my health and and that, and probably made a hasty decision. I I should have just finished that contract out, and uh, 
yeah, it would have been – we should have won. Like I said, that team could have won and should have won a, um, a Super Bowl in that period of time. That, sad. <laughs> I, I, I read a story recently that when you came to Kansas City, Marty was, was trying to tell you, hey, get ready for how loud it's going to be at Arrowhead. And you said, come on, Marty, man. I've, I've won four Super Bowls. I've played in front of big crowds. Was he right? Oh, by far. Yeah. You know, he said it, it's the most exhilarating – thing you'll be a part of and I, and that's when i said exactly what you said and wasn't ready for when the whole stadium says in the home of the chiefs yeah. right i mean i still get goosebumps today when i think about it yeah you know the, the first time out there what a, what a, what a the fan base was just yeah. off the, you know and the funny part was like jennifer would say when you lost the game it was like yeah, they were upset, but oh, don't worry, we'll get them next week. You know, they were always there was always a positive side to them, and so um, fun to be around. The neighbors were great, and used to ride go karts with our neighbors, <laughs> racing around our cul de sac. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Joe, now you got to go real quick. Just who do you have in this game? The Chiefs or the Eagles? Well, my heart's with the Chiefs by far. Um, and that team, other team, is so big and on a roll right now. And I just hope Patrick's. I think if Patrick's healthy. I think. I think they win. I don't know how bad he's hurt or if he is hurt, but he's they get so much pressure, he's going to have to be able to move around. And um, You know, he makes great quick decisions anyway, but part of his his game is making that crazy those crazy things happen. But yeah. I'm pulling for the Chiefs, but got a, a little tiny edge to Philly right now. Only My only question is him. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, Joe, thank you so much for you stopping bet. by. True pleasure. My pleasure. Thank Great you, guys. Hey, enjoy yeah. the week. All right. I just need some barbecue. No, <laughs> yeah. We'll work on that. Yeah, Come you and me around. both. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joe Montana, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, a little bit. Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was awesome. That was, that was cool. Have you ever... We should stop the stream now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of need like a few minutes as a, as a fan. Now, have you ever, like, we've been here on Radio Row for three days. You've been to previous Super Bowls. Have you ever experienced kind of the, the entourage that's following Joe Montana around? I mean, did you so, notice as soon as he came yes. over here, it was just behind the camera, around, like, uh, you want to talk about a rock star, an NFL yeah. legend. Yes. I, like, there's, a, and there's, look, there's legends walking and Hall of Famers walking and all around cares. here. Nobody no cares. cares. Joe Montana. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like uh, there's a bunch of 13-year-old girls around. It's early 60s, and the Beatles are here. Right, right, I mean, right. it's absolutely incredible. Um, people, by the way, literally, the second he got up, asked him to sign football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just random yeah, people yeah, just yeah. rolling in. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Chiefs film crew is behind yeah, the, Richard the, right the, now the, filming. The, right, right. <laughs> they're trying to get Montana. You know, they're not here for us. No, no, they're not. Um, they're not like, hey, that's Alan and Verderam from Arrowhead Attic. Um, we got to get them. It's, uh, they're stalking Joe Montana. Our guy Malcolm, our Special Olympics yep. correspondent, is uh is, is over there uh, with Joe right now? Um, did we should have given him three footballs to have, to have yes. Joe sign? Yes, um, <laughs> selfishly, yes. I um, so I mean, you've gotten to talk to a lot of people in your career. Yep. Was that a, was that a, was that a highlight for you? Right I mean, at the top. Right yeah. at the top. Right at yeah. the top. Like I, I was good about being a professional, not a complete uh, yeah. dork. Yeah. But I yeah. uh, I can't express how big of a fan I was of his as a kid. Yeah. Like. On my desk in my office, I have a, I guess it's ceramic, and it's a statue of him in the Niners jersey with his hands up, like iconically, you know, touch it. I mean, let's put it this way. 
there would not be too many players that have that on my desk. Up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but for me, he was when I fell in love with football. He was the guy. Yep. I mean, he was my guy. Mm-hmm. Like I, so to meet him, that is uh, that's pretty cool. And he lived at the, and he was great. Yeah, he was great. He was a lot of fun to talk to. When I was a, when I was a kid, you know, and I'd go out in the backyard, you know, by myself and just, you know, like yes. we all did with a football, throwing passes to yourself. I I watched. I used to watch Joe Montana every time he played. And I mimicked his drop back. Like I had it down cold, you know, <laughs> all the steps, the posture, everything. I was like, that's how you do it. Um, just absolute pleasure to get to talk to Joe. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we have like other like Hall of Famers coming in. I know. Point, and it's yeah. like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A- a- absolutely. With all due respect to those people. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah okay. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Shout out to all of you who who were supporting us during that stream. I don't know yes. what you guys were saying. I was yeah. locked in. Man. Yeah, I was gonna say with all due respect. Yeah, uh, it so, is what it is. Joe, Joe's a soft spoken guy. You know, it's it's loud around yeah. here. I, yeah. I had to lean in to hear him, but that was um, uh, that was really cool. And he, was, like yeah. I said, he was excellent. He yeah. really was. He was interesting. He was fun. He was, uh, um, he was terrific. It, you know, and he got some some of the barbecue shout outs. Yeah. You know, the man knows the man knows his audience. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's funny, you know. He's he's got to be now sixty, right around there. Yeah. Um, looks great. You know, it's good. You know, moving around just fine. As yeah. sharp as attack. And, and you know, I mean, back then, my God, they were taking hits. Yeah. Oh. You know, not not to denigrate anybody <laughs> now, but back then, you ever see that hit Jim Burke put on right, him? Right. Right. Sixty hit him in the next month. That's so. and that's the thing that these 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 new quarterbacks just don't have to deal with. Yep. Um, Joe took a beating during his career. He's dealt with a lot of pain. He he was taken off the field in, a, in on a stretcher, ambulance. Like yeah. he really, as did Steve Young and Dan. But I mean Joe in particular. It, you don't get to be Joe Montana without having some serious guts, without standing in there and taking hits. Yeah, you're not kidding. I, I mean, he did it all the time. It also strikes me that like he won four Super Bowls in his career. He's one of the most decorated players of all time, and he yeah. was apologizing at the beginning that they didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's yeah. like, and at the end, he's like, "Yeah, you know, it's sad." I'm like. Sad. Yeah. Sad for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you won Super Bowl. Right, right. Yeah. Like, you're apologizing. You're apologizing. That was that was the greatest moment of my childhood was when you got traded to the Chiefs. Say, I'm like, oh my God. Are I you was kidding so me? happy at the AFC yeah. Championship game. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're sorry. Like, but it's funny, like, I was gonna ask him about when they beat Houston. He mentioned the Pittsburgh game, the Walker game. Yeah. But to him, like, it's a divisional round. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, that's nice. Now yeah. I will say this. I bet you if we had more time. I bet you he enjoyed beating the hell out of Buddy Ryan's defense. Oh, yeah. Probably had yeah. a deep-seated hatred of Buddy Ryan. Yeah. yeah. So in that regard, I'm sure it meant a lot to him. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, it's like for him, yeah, it's a divisional round game. It's fine. No right. one that yeah, it's cool. Right, right. You know, with the four Super Bowls, man, I don't, I don't care if it's a divisional game. Yeah, yeah. I, I just – I can't – I'm going to try to move past. We've got other guys to talk to. Um, you, the next person who's coming here is who? Uh, next up is we got Kyle Turley and Jim McMahon. They'll be here in about 15, 15. minutes, 10 minutes or so. We should just depending. So, uh, you know, Kyle, our thoughts on Joe Montana? Right, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just interviewed Joe Montana 10 minutes ago. Uh, just, your thoughts on Joe yes, Montana? Yes, let's just talk to everybody else about Joe Montana yeah. the rest of the time. That's right. Um, by the way, Joe was working with Advanced Auto Parts. Head to advancedautoparts.com. They got a contest going. Somebody well, says you get entered. If somebody throws over a 25 yard touchdown so, pass, so, you get free gas for a year if you win the if contest. If you win the contest, and I'd be these driving days, everywhere. Oh, man. These I'd, days? I'd be, be doing circles for fun just to burn yeah. gas, but yeah, guess who? 
I'm back. Oh, I'd New be tank. I'd be siphoning siphoning it out of my own car. Throwing it on the road. <laughs> no, I'd yeah. siphon it out and sell it. Okay, oh, cool. a millionaire. Uh, I'd, I'd be back there every any, day. Uh, it's probably some kind of limit. Make sure you read the fine print. <laughs> yeah. uh, By the way, uh, thank you for the super chat, Wendy, uh, who says uh, Wendy from Canada loves your big joke. Go Chiefs. Oh. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, that was also. I, I apologize. Somebody up there earlier. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, somebody was like, uh, Alex was like, that guy seems like he's decent at football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was all right, Alex. He might make it. He knows a thing or um, two. I mean, we. I could have talked to him for the rest of the weekend. I could. I, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. I, I'm just glad I didn't say anything really embarrassing. Like, by the way, uh, I love you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. You don't understand, man. Like yeah. when I was a kid. You my life like, yeah you know yeah. so that was that was cool yeah in this business you talk to enough people that you don't get too like like it was funny even i guess i was interviewing my homes and mom's is great like mom's a younger right you know like mom's is 27 years old and like yeah. i like he came to the league as i've already been covering it so like don't get me wrong you recognize and respect his greatness but at yeah. the same point like i just look at it like well i'm just reporting on him and reporting on the league and that's my job sure. and, I don't, with, and even though this is my job like when joe montana sits down you're like whoa yeah, you know, yeah. When someone you, you looked up to and admired right. as a kid, no. that's just a different. It's, it's, that's yeah, a different sort it, of. It's thing. a whole. There's a whole like nostalgic quality to right, it. Right, right. I've interviewed Mahomes. I've interviewed Brady. I've been fortunate enough to do it. I've sat and watched games with Steve Young. Yeah, uh, yeah. Should have asked him that. Like Joe, thoughts, thoughts on Steve Young? Real thoughts? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. The funny thing is, we're actually friends. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a different deal when you sit down with somebody you know, like, hey man, when I was like five and six years old, you were. You're my hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very neat. And, right. you know, we talked about the beating that Joe took and the way that the game has changed. If Joe Montana's playing today with the sports science oh, that they have today, with the rules the way that they are. That's so that, the big thing. Like, the that's the thing, right? I mean, yep. this was a guy. I don't think, did Joe ever throw for over 4,000 yards in a you season? Know, that's a good question. I'll look it up right did. now. I think, I think he came close. Might have won. I mean, he won two MVPs. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, the way the rules are. And it, it also speaks to the greatness of Jerry Rice when they could mug you. No, he never did. Yeah. Never threw for four thousand. Thirty-nine ten. Actually, thirty-nine forty-four was his high. And here's what's funny: like Kansas City, his first year with the Chiefs, he only played eleven games. Two thousand one hundred and forty-four yards, thirteen touchdowns, and seven picks. But the, the, then there's that quality that you're like, yeah, but like in the playoffs, he threw for seven hundred yards. Right. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Just crazy. It, it, and you had Marty Schoenheimer, totally different style. Oh, of offense, course. Running the ball it's a million a different time. times. Like, okay, Joe Montana in his prime with Andy Reid. Oh, my God. How many yards does he throw for? How many touchdowns? He's he's probably like Braden's man, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. 4,840 touchdowns. Like, yeah. I mean, well, even back then, look, when he played, it was not uncommon to have a pretty close, like, one-to-one TD to interception ratio. Like, that all, I mean, Elway did that all the time. Right. Montana, that's the one thing where he did separate himself. 26 to 12, 28 to 10, 27 to 13, 31 to 13, 26 to 8. Yeah. Like, he just – he didn't throw a lot of picks. He threw a lot of touchdowns. In 93, he only played 11 games. He still made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Like, that's – I mean, you know, I mean, you look back at his career, yeah, two-time MVP, all-decade. I mean, I, it, it speaks for itself. He, he was incredible. Um, and – up until uh, recently, the best quarterback I'd ever seen in a Chiefs uniform. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, that was the other thing when he apologized for the Super Bowl. I was like, Joe, 
you're only ha- like some of the only happy memories I have as a kid as a Chiefs fan. <laughs> not, not, no, no, no disrespect to my parents as a Chiefs fan, right? Oh, and, I'll disrespect my parents. Yeah, right. That's all I had to live for. I'm going to see your dad, I think, again on this trip. I'll, 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 I'll let him he know. He knows. Yeah, he knows, yeah. right? He said, I agree. Yeah. Same, same By back the way, to you. To point out how different the world was. So, in John, John Elway, 1987, won the MVP. He completed 54.5% of his passes. Threw for 3,198 yards, 19 TDs, and 12 picks. It's the MVP of the league. Right, right. That's Daniel Jones. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like and that. that's why when you get but into it's these just so different comparisons, like, you gotta, you you've gotta, gotta factor in the eras. Right, you gotta so throw different. out the numbers. Right, like and yep. what about the championship element of this? Right, like oh, the ring course. counting. You know, how many? How many? When Brady turned 38, which was when Joe retired, he won four more Super Bowls after 38, or was it three? Four, I think. No, no, I think it was three. He had tied Joe. Okay. And he's got Plus, seven. I have all those. So, if, like, Brady. if Joe, if Joe played as long as Brady did, right, or if he could have, or he played in that division, right? Oh, just, God like, Almighty! Yeah, never, yeah. So now, look, the, the NFC West wasn't exactly murder in the 80s, but I'm just saying, like. <laughs> to not account for era is just stupid. Right. Like you have, for an example, I got Elway's pro football reference page pulled up. 93, we're just talking about Montana. Elway led the league in yards per game, 252. That's a bad day for Mahomes. Right. Like th- that was the right. league. You right. know, so I think sometimes people just don't understand. If they didn't watch the game back then, they're like, ah, what are those stats? And you're like, no, nah, man. Like, you don't understand. Like this year, Mahomes led the league 309 yards per game. Okay. Right. And by the way, the worst number when Mahomes was really struggling, 285 a game. Yeah. Now, it's Mahomes, but the point remains. Yeah. And if you saw, and I know we have a, we have some, we're not old, but we have some younger, some longer, younger viewers. Looking. Yeah, we do. We sure do. Um, <laughs> if you didn't see Elway and Marino play, they were, you, they, you, were they were amazing. They they had these. I mean, John Elway, one of the most athletic quarterbacks I've ever seen. Honestly, that's who Mahomes reminds me. Of, exactly. Is yeah. Mahomes yeah. Is, is Elway. I mean, Elway is who he plays like. Yeah. Really, with being able to go cross body throws and Huge on the arm. run, he's you know bigger guy who can move. Yep. That you know people always say Aaron Rodgers. I don't agree. I, it's right. Elway to me. That's yeah. who reminds me of more than anybody else. Yeah. And so that's where I think when you get into the ring counting, it's a it's a little disingenuous. Just kind of throw that out. Like, get look, does winning championships matter? Of course. Yes. But when you're talking about the greatest of all time, this is a team sport. Right? These these guys are not doing it themselves. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Mahomes lost Super Bowl. He didn't have an offensive line. If he had this offensive line, maybe he wins that Super Bowl. By the um, way, Sam Monson tweeting out a picture of Joe and the two idiots in the look side. Look at that. That's look at right. that. I looked at, th- this is actually the best we've looked all week. I, it's because you can only see the, yeah, the back of our heads. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's, right. that's great. That's great. Make okay. sure everybody share that. Uh, we got a couple more guests coming up here. Uh, well, this is another exciting one, man. Oh, yeah. Um, big time. Another Super Bowl champ. Yeah. Another Super Bowl champ who had also one of the best defenses ever. The best defense. Uh, very, very much so. Very <laughs> yeah. much so. Absolutely. Oh, we uh, welcome in uh, Jim McMahon here in a second. Jim, what's uh, you, take your time, man? No yeah. worries. What's uh, go. what's going on? Oh, uh, Kyle Turley and I were just floating around here, just uh, <laughs> trying to get our message across about the our Revenant MJ company and uh, getting the NFL to stop testing for marijuana. Well, why don't we? Well, wait, Kyle. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? So, so what are you doing with them, and uh, why is it important to you? 
Well, you know, we we promoting this as a medicine. You know, we try to get these guys off all these pills that they've been taking for years that have been proven to be killing people, being addictive, and all they do is mask pain. They don't help you at all. Whereas cannabis, you know, everybody, every living thing has a cannabinoid system in their body. It's the number one regulatory system in your body. We're supposed to be using this plant. And uh, we have no receptors in our body for Percocet or Vicodin or, or all the other drugs they try to push down your throat that don't do anything, like I said, but mask pain. Whereas this medicine is actually, it's an anti-inflammatory and it's the only patented neuroprotectant in the world. So why aren't we able to use this without, without repercussions? I'm curious. I know you've dealt with a lot of you know, headaches after your career. You had many concussions. It's Kyle Turley joins us as well. Kyle, thanks a lot for joining us, yes, man. How are you? Yeah. How are you feeling now? Have you been able to... Is, has some of the concussion symptoms subsided over the years? Or are they still as bad as they've been? Where are you? In your, uh, no, uh, I'm definitely getting better. Uh, I still have to go see my doc in New York about every four months. I need an adjustment. But uh, as far as the rest of my body, uh, I'm back to, you know, fairly normal. Uh, I haven't, like Kyle, I haven't had a, I hadn't had an opioid for probably 15 years. I had this surgery 15 months ago and I, and I tried to go without the pills, but it got infected and I never felt pain like that, so I had to take a couple for that. But uh, other than that, it's been strictly cannabis for the last 15 years, and it's my body, my body and mind feel a hell of a lot better. And uh, Kyle, I know you're yep. working alongside Jim here. You're stepping in. Uh, how has it helped you? I mean, what has it done for you in your post-playing career? Yeah, same experience. You know, just continuing to have a resolution in this where it speaks to me every day that I never needed any of those pills. And, uh, you know, everybody's got something going on. Right. And so how do you address that? You know, my personal approach is get back to the gym, get back to eating healthy and try to use the things that work because we used all the things that didn't work. Right. And they just got us back out of the field as fast as we could. And especially the cognitive injuries. You know, I mean, you know, Jim downplays it because, you know, he's, he's just Jim McMahon. You know, he's just a tough guy. But. Uh, he shouldn't be sitting here, period, right? Our, our community has lost uh, 44 guys this year alone under the age of 50 that played in the NFL. Nobody talking about that. And things are happening in our community. He goes back to 85 Bear reunions, and he's the only guy half walking around. You know, you got guys like like uh, Mongo out there with ALS and, and uh, you know, everybody else is suffering from all these pill addictions and alcoholism and everything else that's ruining their lives. And this guy's still... He's on the golf course. So he's just sitting in a wheelchair right now because we're pushing him around on that yeah. bum ankle. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, you probably don't remember this, but 13 years ago when I got into the industry, I interviewed you. You were the first player, former player that I interviewed at the time. And back then I asked you if you thought the NFL was taking head injuries seriously. And you said unequivocally, no. Yeah. It's 13 years later. We're at the Super Bowl. Has things changed? Three letters. T-U-A. Okay. And that kid, he never got an opportunity to recover from that. And the first one he had, that they realized that this guy's got a serious situation going on here. Put him back on the field again. Same thing happened. Put him back on the field again. Now they what? They said he'd recovered and then through concussion protocol, what, a week ago? Like, why did you announce that he's done? They're not even playing the Super Bowl. But if he was, you're saying that he'd be back on that field. Everybody would be watching the Super Bowl, and all of the DraftKings betters would be going, sweet, we got a guy in here that's going to completely potentially lose maybe his life. Who knows? And we'll get to put bets on it, you know? I mean, it, where, where, where have we gone to the, uh, the the side where they said they're improving it? I don't see it at all, period. Yeah, I'm curious, from your perspective, I mean, we cover the league all we want. You guys played it. You deal with it every day. How much pressure is there on you to play through an injury, especially 
head injury where it's not a broken bone. It's not, hey, I, sure. I can't run, man. I can't yeah. I can't throw because my elbow's bust. Like, it's a head injury. There's a little, especially when you played, where I remember watching a game as a kid. You played against the Giants with the Vikings in the playoffs. And you, you had knocked out three different times and kept coming back. How is there a lot of internal pressure from the team? And then we need you to get back out there. Well, uh, you get a little bit from the team, but it's 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 all internal most of the time. I mean, guys like myself, if I can walk on the field, I'm going to play. And, and that was our mentality back then. And the game you're referring to is actually I broke my neck in that game. Uh, my legs went numb twice, and, and uh, I didn't realize I'd broken it. I, I knew something was wrong, seriously. And I didn't find out I'd broken my neck until – 12 years later, I was going through workman's comp and they, they do all the x-rays and the guy said, Hey, when'd you break your neck? And so I played six more years. So I was, I'm, I'm lucky to be, you know, I, I was walking until I pushed around this wheelchair, but uh, yeah, I'm lucky to be walking around. You, you didn't know for 12 years. No, because we lost the game. So the season's over, right? So you go in the next day, you meet with the coach and say, I'll see you next year. And that's basically how it goes. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. I mean, I, Carl, what's what's the worst injury you ever played through in your career? Being a, a lineman, I mean, there's a lot of you know warfare in the trenches and all that. What what's the injury that you're like, man? Just coming back from a back injury, really. I mean, that was my deal. Was the the you know anything during the the game, you just don't really feel half of it anyways from the adrenaline, and then they give you the tordal shot, uh, and you don't feel nothing after that. So you can play through a lot of things, but coming back from a back injury, that was the struggle, you know, because you're dealing with a lot of things now that you just never thought were even possible as far as pain is concerned. You know, when it comes to sciatic nerve pain, that's just insane, and it you know shuts your whole leg down. You can't move. I I can't do one you know calf raise on my right leg not one just because my whole right leg got shut down from this back injury so that was it for me but uh and then the pain that revolves around that you know but the cognitive injuries for sure i mean uh, you know that there i almost at the end of my career in kansas city couldn't go back out on the field without thinking if i hit a guy real hard i might be going out this game you know, yeah. just because I knew it was that close after a while. It's re it's really awesome. Uh, you guys have long histories of standing up for players, players' rights, and their recovery and the trauma that they suffer out on the field, putting their bodies on the line. You're opening up a recovery center in 2023. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's been something I've been working on, and that's our effort right now to continue to progress this company to where you know we can do things like that and open recovery centers. Um, you know, a couple of players have tried to do it. The NFL has gone against the uh, opportunity to really – build a hub and a home. I've had meetings with them and you know, with Coach Ditka and all these other groups that we've been a part of, and they really have just refused to do it. So we have to find a way. And through that, and our company is is the route to it. You know, we continue to build a company that uh, is having success in this industry and nothing is going uh, higher than cannabis as far as, you know, growth is concerned out there. You know, people are investing their money in things. Uh, cannabis is barely scratching the surface, the tip of the iceberg, any analogy you want to put to it. It's only just begun and uh being in the ground floor with the message that we have we hope to have a you know a sustainable lasting brand and revenant uh that can just go across the state we're in a country we're in nine states and uh here in arizona you know you can go and get all our products uh, right now out here at all the mint dispensaries um and we're in california we're working on missouri nevada illinois um and uh oklahoma and uh, um yeah, we'll be everywhere as soon as it's uh, you know allowed. An opportunity presents itself. I'm, I'm curious, you guys, do you have a lot of current players reach out to you? Do you, you talk to a lot of current players about, hey, look, 
there's a better way to go about this maybe than having it as yeah. you mentioned you know, toward all shots and, and any kind of oh, pills yeah. any no. kind of painkillers is it more former players that you're talking with now or is it current guys as well both i mean uh you know the message is resonating in the locker room now these players are now hearing and what we're saying and they have been i know they have you know coach still a lot of guys train some guys that are coming up out of high schools and colleges and now they're in the nfl um and they understand it and they say the locker room is you know very open and using cannabis openly um for that medicinal purpose you know they're still you know guys that want to get together and you know just have a little smoke session or something like that i'm sure um but uh nothing wrong with that exactly you know Exactly. So it, it's a it's both. But our retired player community with all of our ailments and our statistics is the cannabis is the answer. And it is just resonating through that community like a, a wildfire. It's awesome. Jim, I got to ask you, if you're a misfit, since we're here at the Super Bowl, your Super Bowl team is one of the most famous in NFL history. I've gotten to know some of the guys being based out of Chicago. Um, when you were going to that game, heavy favorites against New England, at the time, you got to say all the right things. But in reality, were you going to that game thinking it's not a matter of whether we win or lose; it's just a matter of what the score is. I mean, what, what was the, yeah, we had, the approach uh, that, that week? We had uh, we had no worries at all. I mean, we <laughs> we we had played them earlier in the season, so we had a good feel for them. And, and at the time, we were we were on such a roll; it didn't matter, you know, who we played. I would have liked to play Miami because that was the only loss we had that year, and I didn't get to play that night, so I was I was kind of looking forward to them, but. They got beat at home by New England. So, uh, yeah, we, we weren't really worried about who we were going to play. It, I don't think it would have mattered. Uh, we were just a, a, that good a team. Jim, Jalen Hurts is playing in his first Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, this is his third Super Bowl. For a young guy playing in his first Super Bowl in Hurts, what advice would you give him, having been there yourself, about how to keep his nerves under control in the biggest stage in the world? Well, you know, you're, you're going to prepare like you did every game, every week. And so the prep, preparation time on the field is going to be the same. The only uh, distraction is going to be things like this. You know, they're going to have to deal with a hell of a lot more media. But uh, once once they get out on the field and pregame warm-up, things will kick in. And, and if he just, you know, plays, plays the way they played all year, they shouldn't have a problem. But the guys that seem to struggle are guys that let all the distractions take away from their, their preparation. So if you prepare properly – you shouldn't have a, a problem on Sunday. Do you guys have a feel for this game? This game is, is one of the more competitive Super Bowls I can remember in terms of anyway the buildup. You know, only a one-and-a-half-point spread I think it is right now. Do you guys have a feel one way or the other on whether you lean Philly or Kansas City? Well, I don't watch the game enough. I, I, I haven't seen Philly play at all this year. Mm. And I have seen Mahomes play a couple of times uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, but they're both hell of, you know great football teams, and they're, they're both quarterbacks are, are playing at a high level. So – I think it's going to be a hell of a good, probably one of the better Super Bowls that we've had in quite a while, I think. We'll just see what happens. Let me ask you then real quick. With Mahomes, I know you said you've only seen him a couple times over the years, but as a quarterback, is it easy to appreciate what he does out on the field, watching him uh, even if it's only once in a while? Well, I knew back three years ago when they drafted him. Uh, I was with Andy Reid, and uh, they had just traded Alex Smith. And I asked Andy, you guys going to be okay? And he said, oh, yeah, we're going to be fine. we got this new kid. And he told me about him, and Andy's a good, good judge of talent. And he said we're going to be fine. So I, I never even worried about him. And to see him play, he's very instinctive. He's a he's a smart player. Same with Jalen. So you know the quarterbacks are playing well. The rest of the team's going to have to do their job as well. I want to ask you guys. It's been a while since you played. What do you miss the most about playing in the NFL? <laughs> 
Pass the mic. Man, on a, uh, just the game, you know. I mean, the locker room with the guys, you know. There's nothing like being around the boys, yeah. you know. And uh, especially when it's a team like like now, you know. I mean, you made it all the way to the Super Bowl. I can't imagine that. I got close a couple times, didn't have that opportunity. But, you know, the, those locker rooms were special. You never forget those memories. And the work that goes into achieving in a good team in the NFL, you know, it takes a lot of good guys. And uh, so when you're around that many good people that, um, you know, are helping you as well as you are, you know, that that's that that's pretty special. You know, I mean, the coaches as well and, and, and just the, the – the organization, you know, it's a, a true family. You feel it, you know, when you're there, you know, when you're gone, it's obviously, you know, that was a bunch of BS, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's just trying to get there. Let's get there, you know, right. but just that it, nothing changes from the locker room. You know what I mean? Those, those relationships that you make in that locker room just go out forever. And it's awesome. Kyle, do you have a thought on the game uh, one way or the other? Yeah, I'm going with my Chiefs. I got him, man. I was uh, almost an Eagle. almost got drafted. If I wouldn't have went to the Saints, the Eagles were going to pick me. They huh? picked Trey Thomas. Uh, so that would have been me there. Um, and uh, uh, Dicka took me at seven. So I, I was a Saint. <laughs> so I got my Chiefs. So I played my last two years in Kansas City. Uh, love that city. Love that you know, uh, the stadium, I hope they get a Super Bowl back there one year. <laughs> but it's yeah. too cold. They'll have to build them a dome somewhere new out there in Liberty <laughs> or somewhere. Yeah. I, I got to ask you, Jim, I, uh, I'm curious. That 85 Bears team was not known for its softness. I mean, you guys were one of the tougher teams in NFL history. Of all the guys on that team, you have to pick one guy. Hey, we're getting into a fight in an alley with, with two guys. Who, who do you want with you? <laughs> That's a good one. I'll take, take any one of my old linemen for sure. <laughs> uh, Mongo for sure. Uh, no, we had – well, we fought every day in practice, so it's <laughs> – our practices last three and three and a half hours because, you know, we our, our practices were all live. We had pads on every day. And Buddy Ryan and Mike Dickett didn't like each other, so that, that trickled down to the players. And so every every period was a live period. There was no buddy-buddy. And so, you know, defensive guys would complain to Buddy, hey, they're cutting us in practice. And Buddy say, do they cut you in the game? Yeah, deal with it. That was his answer. And so, uh, yeah, it was – we won in spite of those guys. I think it's instead of because of them. Well, I'll tell you what. If we get into a scrap here at the Super Bowl, I want Kyle in my corner. Oh, yeah. You want you want side. those big old linemen yeah. for sure. Yeah. Has Marvel called you to be in one of their movies yet? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice, man. We'll see down the road here. You know, they give me in those. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you guys coming by. Thank yeah. you so yeah, it's much. It's great to be and, here. Yeah, and it's Thank awesome you. all the work you're doing yes, for sir. players. Thank you yes, guys. absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great to meet you Take guys. Likewise. Have a yeah. good one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, absolutely. That is uh, Kyle Turley and Jim McMahon, of course. Longtime NFL vets, uh, Jim Super Bowl 20 uh, champion with the Chicago Bears. And um, I I'm with you with Kyle. I think uh, if, if a brawl breaks out, I want his side. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right, man. I mean, I mean, you, 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 you yep. all right. Oh, we're just going so, right into it. Right into it. Yeah, this is great. All right. All right. So. so. Sam, hey, welcome. Thank you. Sam, Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming by. How's no it problem. feel to follow uh, Jim McMahon and Joe Montana? I saw that. I saw Joe Cool was here there before. I thought <laughs> I retweeted the, uh, the picture you took. It's a pinnacle, pinnacle of my career. I'm glad you caught it. That's uh, that's definitely yeah. the best opening act I've had. I think that's, yeah. that's good. I, mean, I like that. Um, so, big game this weekend, I hear. I hear, um, yeah. The Kelsey Bowl. Yeah, the as Kelsey it's Bowl. been called. Yeah. As it's been called. Uh, listen, I'm curious your thoughts. Just kind of overview 30,000 foot view of the game here we're going to see on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the starting point I think has to be 
we got the two best teams in the NFL this season. Yep. Like that doesn't always happen. That's the purpose of this game, right? The AFL NFL championship. It's supposed to be the best versus the best. And so many times it isn't so many times one of these teams, you know, you get a, uh, just a team works its way through. Maybe you get a form team, but I think we got the best team in the NFC. We got the best team in the AFC and that's a great starting point. And then when you start going down the rosters and the various strengths and weaknesses of each team, I think, all areas look really exciting like the eagles offensive line the chiefs defensive line right the reverse is true the quarterbacks like it's so much fun i think nationally there's been a perception that well the chiefs have mahomes mm -hmm. and they've got Kelsey and chris jones but the eagles are a much deeper team would you agree with that or do you think that the chiefs roster is maybe a little bit better than they've been given credit for nationally yeah i think it's a little more complicated than that i think the chiefs probably have you know, one, two, three are maybe the best three players in the game. Yeah. Um, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Like those might be the best three players in this entire football team or in the entire football game. The next group, you know, sort of four through 12, the Eagles might be much stronger. And then I think the rest, like 13 through 53, I think Kansas City's probably a lot closer to Philadelphia than people think they are. So it's, I think they're fairly balanced. The Eagles are a more complete team. But I do think you're right that it's probably overstated sort of how far behind this roster is. We had a colleague Steve on yesterday. We asked him about the grading system, some of the, <laughs> some of the flack that you guys get from fans. I wanted to ask you, though, when you're looking at all these positions, what's the hardest one for you guys to grade? Um, I think linebackers and safeties are pretty difficult now because of how much stress <laughs> those guys are put on in put under by opposing offenses like the way the game has gone in the last 20 years the way football the way offense has evolved those guys are put in a bind so many different plays so many different ways um and it's just such a tough job now so figuring out uh how those guys are supposed to react within the coverage shell how they're supposed to react between run and pass it's very difficult relative to like you know different positions where it's much more simple what they have to do no, I'm curious, too. You know, we, By the way, Steve told us to ask you about rugby. So at some point, we're going to have to break down a little bit of rugby Let's here before do it. we go. He also uh, took a shot at your hair, by the way. What he hair? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's yeah, what that he was, was getting point. at. There's no shot. Like yeah, There is yeah. no hair anymore. Well, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. you know, these things happen. Life goes right. on. Yeah. Um, this game in particular, the thing I'm most fascinated about is Philly's front, which is defensive front, which is tremendous, 70 sacks in a year, against Kansas City's offensive line, which – Three Pro Bowlers, you could argue whether Orlando Brown should have been a Pro Bowler, but he was. Two All-Pros inside with Tooney and Humphrey. You got Trey Smith on the right side, no slots himself. I think whoever wins that matchup wins this game. Do you agree, or do you think the Chiefs scheme around it to some extent and kind of mitigate that matchup to a, to a degree? I think it's definitely one of the pivotal matchups in the game. Um, to me, like people are sort of saying, well, this Eagles defensive front is so good it's going to overwhelm the Chiefs offensive line we've seen this before I, I think the Chiefs offensive line is too much better than it was the last time that happened to them like, they're not going to get overwhelmed the interior trio is going to hold its own against that Philadelphia defensive front where it gets interesting is Brandon Graham Hassan Reddick on yep. the outside against those two Chiefs offensive tackles that I think are relative weaknesses and not only are they weaknesses but I think the matchup with those body types of edge rusher is problematic. Brandon Graham is tiny. Brandon Graham's my height, right? He's this short, stocky dude who is a problem for a guy like Orlando Brown yeah, to try and get down and block. Right, yeah. And Reddick is the same kind of thing. Like he's a small edge rusher who was 
so small he was moved to an off-the-ball linebacker when he first came into the league. Those two tackles trying to get hold of those small, you know, low-to-the-ground type of edge rushers that are both very productive players, I think are going to have some trouble. So I don't think the Chiefs are going to be overwhelmed, but Mahomes could find a lot of pressure coming off the edge. And he's a guy that likes to kind of drop deeper than the pocket sometimes. And, you know, he may have to modify that a bit and sort of scoot up into the the pocket that he doesn't necessarily do a lot. Some of the talk this week has been about, you know, if you look at the Eagles schedule, it wasn't exactly murderers, row. Yeah. And that this is probably going to be the best offense and the best quarterback that they've gone up against all year. How much how, how, how much of an advantage do you think that is for the Chiefs going into this? Are they going to be able to mitigate some of the things that Philly has been able to do well all year against maybe competition that's not quite on the Chiefs level? Yeah, it's it's definitely a relevant point, right, to say that this Eagles off or this Eagles team has not had the hardest route to the Super Bowl, right? Whether it was the regular season, a pretty favorable strength of schedule, whether it was the playoffs where they got the Giants team and then a 49ers team that didn't have any quarterbacks, it, you have to point it out. It's relevant to the analysis of how good they are. But it doesn't mean that they're frauds, right? It isn't right. the same as yep. the sort of the Vikings data points that we're all pointing to saying this team isn't good. Like they've somehow won all these games and these one-score games. This is not a good football team. That are, they're getting lucky. The Eagles have been winning these games and they've been winning comfortably. Like they've been doing what, what a good team should do against a favorable schedule. But it, it is relevant that we don't know if they can still do it against a much better side. And in particular, we don't really know if they can come from behind because they haven't been behind much. They've led for 700-plus snaps this season, which is the most of any team in the league. It's the most of any team in the league in the last five years. We know what happens if the, the Chiefs are in a 10-point hole. They don't care. They don't matter. They're, like they'll, they'll go and score two touchdowns in five minutes, and they'll, they'll be ahead. We don't know if Jalen Hurts is able to do that the, the way the Patrick Mahomes does. And if the Eagles offense can contend with being in a double-digit deficit the way the Chiefs can. This Eagles team, and it's not a perfect comparison, they remind me a lot of the 2019 Ravens, where the Ravens just blew through the league, and they were dynamic at quarterback in a way that – now, Jackson is a whole other beach right sure. now, but, but Hurts is extremely mobile. and Now, Hurts and the Eagles have a better passing game. Mm-hmm. And they've got those weapons on the outside that the Ravens didn't necessarily have. Yep. But the Ravens were a defense, and they went about a different way, a lot of blitzing and whatnot. But they would overwhelm you up front and then cause turnovers, which Philadelphia's been great at. Baltimore got into the playoffs, and that was a weird game where Tennessee got up right away. Mm-hmm. And it became this, yeah. kind of to your point, like Baltimore's never behind in that year. So all of right. a sudden it was like, well, we gotta, we got to change where we're playing. I'm curious in this game if the Chiefs get a lead, if they get up 17-7, to does Philly stick with the run game? Or does this become, or we got we got to throw the ball a little bit more? Yeah. I'm also fascinated by and this is kind of point I want to get to. Jonathan Gannon's been there for two years as a D coordinator. He's done a very good job. When they have played playoff caliber teams with good quarterbacks, they've given up a lot of points. Do you think that that's a, a just a small sample size and it's not really something to take away, or do you look at it and go, yeah, there's something to that? Every time they've played an upper tier offense with Gannon as a coordinator, maybe it's a little bit of that zone. Who knows? They've, they've given up quite a few points. Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it is just the product of, like, if everything is good, the offense is going to score points in today's NFL. Like, this yep, way the league sure. is set up. It's the way they've been pushing things in the last decade. Plus, all the rule changes, like, everything is designed for offenses to score points. And you look at what Mahomes has done since he's come into the league, they're going to put up points against pretty much everybody almost all the time. Like, it's almost impossible 
to hold those guys to any kind of moderate sum of yards, points, you know, any kind of production. So I think the reality of it is you could have a really good defense against most teams in the NFL, but when you run up against those really good teams, it's impossible to stop. Like we saw that a lot with Denver this year where, you know, if, if Russell Wilson, the offense could just put up 18 points, they'd have been like Super Bowl contenders, you know, but every now and again, that defense would break down and somebody would score a touchdown. It's like, it's so hard to play perfect defense for 70 snaps in a game and not give up something. You mentioned the Eagles pass rushers versus the chiefs tackles as a potential advantage for Philly. What positional advantage do you think the chiefs have over the Eagles heading into this one? I mean, obviously, that starting combination of Mahomes to Kelsey, it's been unstoppable, right? And it's so fascinating the way it works because you can take away the first thing. You can take away the thing that they've drawn up, the play called, whatever's on the chalkboard. You can stop that. But what, what is so hard to stop, like exponentially more difficult, is the mid-play adjustment that Travis Kelsey and Mahomes are able to make on the fly to, to get to attack the space that you've given them by whatever it is you've taken away. And, you know, Mahomes obviously reads the game unlike pretty much any quarterback in the league, but Travis Kelsey reads it the same way. Like, that's the amazing thing about those two guys is I don't know if this is a product of Kelsey being a quarterback back in college um, or if this is just happenstance that he reads the game, but those two guys are on the same page. And even when you figured out a way of taking away where they want to go initially, they adjust. And it's so difficult to stop that. Like, that is the single maybe most difficult to stop combination in the entire NFL. The Eagles love to usually sit in his own defense. I mean, that, that's kind of their bread and butter. The Chiefs are a little bit harder to pin down defensively. They run a lot of different coverages. Spagnuolo is very aggressive with his exotic blitzes. The Eagles are pretty much, look, we're going to get home to the front four, we're going to drop, play, play zone, blitz every once in a while. Do you think they have to change up a little bit in this game in the, in the multitude of looks that they give? Or do you think they say, you know what? This is how we got here. Went 14-1 and one with Hurts. We're good. We're going to play this way. Try to beat us. No, I actually think that the what is sort of seen as a conservative or, you know, vanilla type of defense is actually the safest way to to defend Patrick Mahomes. Like it's still there's no good way. Like he's going to get success, whatever you do. But it is less dangerous to make him be patient, to try and play those softer zones, to make him do it bit by bit by bit and beat you with a thousand paper cuts. And the chances are he will like he'll have success that way. But we've seen just time after time after time when you get aggressive and go after him with the blitz, it's an immediate death. It's an immediate punishment for that. Like, he's too good against the blitz. Maybe you can say there's virtue in simply being more versatile and and trying to confuse him with the multitude of looks. But generally speaking, it doesn't. And I think you're better off just sticking with what you do well, which also happens to be the thing that works the best against Mahomes. Based on what you've seen from the Chiefs this year, what do they need to do better in this game to beat the Eagles? I don't think they need to do anything better, really. Like they, they've, they're well capable of beating them if they just show up and do what they've done the whole way along. The big thing is injuries, right? Obviously, sure. how healthy is Mahomes going to be? But how healthy is that wide receiver group going to be? They lost pretty much all of them in the AFC title game. They've had a couple of weeks rest to try and get them back on the field. They don't need, you know, a fully healthy wide receiver core, they just need somebody that isn't Travis Kelsey. They need somewhere else to go with the ball. So if they get one or two of Juju Smith-Schuster, of Nicole Hardman, of Kadarius Tony back, if they can just field a group of receivers, I think they're well capable of beating Philadelphia just with what the, what's got them this far. I think the next factor in the game is uh, either for the Chiefs or for the Eagles. 
I think the X factor for any game like this where we're looking at it and saying, you know, it's a tight encounter. It could go either way. It sounds stupid, but it's always random turnovers and luck, right? Yeah. It's can somebody get the lucky bounce of a ball that steals the possession or that, that gets you away from losing a possession? Like the one of the, the single stats that correlates most closely with, with wins and losses is always the turnover battle. And it's, you know, everybody preaches it. You be aggressive, you take care of the football, you try and create turnovers. It's often just blind luck. Like sometimes you're going to get the ball pops out. You get a helmet on the ball. You manage to get the swipe that connects like that. Those are the plays that can determine a game like this. All right. I got to ask you, we're, we're getting down to it. What are the grades like? What do the grades tell you is going to be the outcome on Sunday? And what do you think the outcome is? I mean, the grades don't give you an awful lot of help relative to the betting line and everything else. They say it's going to be a close game. Again, two of the best teams in the NFL. Um, I think anytime you start with with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs should probably be favorites in that game as your starting point. I do think that, as you said, we're being we're talking up a little bit too much how much better the Eagles roster is top to bottom. So I think you lean the Chiefs being favored. I am very, very curious to see what the reaction is Monday morning if the Chiefs win. Last question for me. If they win this game, they've won two Super Bowls in four years. They've yep. been in three. They've hosted five straight AFC title games. Do you see them as a dynasty if they win this game? Or do you say, great team, but didn't win back-to-back? You know? Yeah. Three and two in those AFC title games. Not, not, you know, four and one, five and all. Like, would you rank them as a dynasty or would you say still more work to be done? I think they probably need you know, one more ring to make it a true dynasty. But I like agree. they're they're right there in that conversation. If they if this was the end, like if they got this and the whole thing unraveled and they were five straight title games, but two Super Bowls, probably not, right? It, does that stack up with those great 49ers teams over the years, right. the Dallas teams, the Patriots, obviously? It's probably just below that group. I'm with you. I agree. Sam, thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. Appreciate you thanks coming for having me. Yeah, wow. take care. Sam Monson of PFF, and I uh, came on even after uh, Steve Palazzolo taking shots at the man. Yeah, so, I know, I know, man. Just he's got to go around it. He's got to go around and follow that man. Yeah, and and take all the slack. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. So we uh, appreciate that. Clay Harbor coming up next year. Yeah, on the Arrowhead Attic stream from Radio Row. Got a little bit of time. Can't wait to bring Clay in. Yeah. Um But I thought his analysis uh, there by Sam was spot on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with him on the whole, uh, uh, and you as well on the dynasty thing. I think you got to get three. To be considered a dynasty, right? Two is great. The, the, look, are they an AFC dynasty? Oh yeah, hundred percent, right? The best of all time yeah, in AFC. yeah, yeah. But as far as an NFL dynasty, uh, you've got to get three. Uh, I just want to ask our boss Zach Best really quickly. He's behind the camera. If you could get me a Rockstar Energy drink and a bottle of water when you get a chance, I'd appreciate don't, it. Don't don't I, uh, you know, don't 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 yeah, press yeah, yourself. I don't want to. You know, I get to do that. I'm doing this one on camera. That's that. That's it. And that's by the way. That's Arrowhead Addict co-founder Zach Best. That's true. Um, you know, uh, we you know we talk for a long time on this on these shows. We're going into uh, we're an hour or two here of the show. Can you believe in the last uh, in the last hour and fifteen minutes? Really, in the last hour though, we interviewed Joe Montana and Jim McMahon. It's going good. That's pretty. That's, it's going, it's, that's a good I've hour. Done worse than my worse my life. Unbelievable. Um, but no, it's it. Listen, it's been great. We got another 45 minutes. 
Um, and like I said, we're going to have Clay Harbor at 2.30 uh, local time. We'll have Adam Best. You might have heard of him yeah, yeah. at 2.45. You know, I should I should swap out for Zach at that point. Just let him, let him go after the little let's, brother. Just let him talk to his brother. And you, by the way, if, if for our Arrowhead Addict uh, followers, if you haven't been watching, Verderham's been on the microphone since about, what, 8 a.m.? Uh, nine. It's, it's not nine mountain tomorrow time. at eight a.m. Yeah, he'll be up. He'll be uh, so. Boy, we got a, a great lineup tomorrow as yeah, well. Tomorrow, my God, we have so many people. Yeah. It's unbelievable tomorrow. But today, yeah, I mean, woke up, talked to uh, Jalen Hyatt, who's going to be a first round pick uh, out of Tennessee as a receiver. Nice. Uh, then we had Stephen Largent, and then uh, Malcolm and I did our uh, stack in the box Arrowhead Attic stream. We had yeah. Trey Wingo. We had Kay Adams. Oh, Trey we had Wingo. T.J. Yeah. Hawkinson. Uh, Sean Alexander. We had Kenny Maine, who was great. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then we did a little CBS uh, news hit. And then here we are. Yeah. By so the way, when after we were... this, I'm going to go to the bar and I'm going <laughs> to drink myself into a coma. Right. But uh, don't don't uh, drink too much, kids. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's been good. It's been we good. we talked about wanting Kyle Turley in our corner if we got into any trouble like out here. Any time yeah, possible. Yeah. Yes. By the way, did you see the guns on TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, man's built. Man, uh, uh, he's football. putting his time in at the gym. By the way, if you want to help support our podcast, the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, hit that like button on YouTube. Make sure you follow us. Leave us a review yes. over at Apple Podcasts. And if you really want to support us and you want to get a little action in, money. No, yeah, on the game, get yourself some money. We've got a great partnership going right now with BetMGM. All you need to do, uh, if you're in Kansas, this is a, a deal for our Kansas-specific listeners. If you use the code Arrowhead, you're going to get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if you don't win when you make that bet. It's a minimum of a $10 bet required. It's new customers only, 21 plus. You got to be present in Kansas. Kansas. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700 in Kansas. See the full terms at BetMGM or in the description below this video. Can't tell you how much helps us when you do this. We, from our friends at BetMGM, use that code Arrowhead if you haven't bet with them yet. Um, let's get one more in here. Uh, how about a FanDuel? Signed up with FanDuel. If you're in Kansas, this is another one for our Kansas listeners. Use that same code, Arrowhead. You're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $3,000 on the big game. It's a $10 first deposit required. New customers only, 21 plus. Present in Kansas. If you have a gambling problem, call that number, like we said, 1-800-522-4700. See the full terms at the sportsbook.fanduel.com or in the description below. All right, Verderam. So, man, we've been talking Chiefs all week. I, we've previewed this game frontwards, backwards. We're going to keep doing it. At this point, how are you feeling? Hi, as we enter, as we, are you getting more and more confident as we get closer to the game? I feel like I'm talking myself into it. I, I feel like I don't have to. I just think, I just think they're better. I, I really don't. No, they could lose. I mean, I'm not. You know, hell, I picked Cincinnati last week, and you know, I mean, thankfully, that didn't work out. Yeah. But no, I don't. Look, my my honest feeling on it. Is just, I think the Chiefs are slightly lesser from roster spots five to fifty-three, yeah. but I don't think they're much lesser. And I agree with Sam; they have the three best players on the field. Like I respect the hell out of Darius Slay and some of those guys. Eagles up front on both sides of the ball. Travis Kelsey might be the best tight end ever. Right. Patrick Mahomes might end his career literally as the greatest quarterback to ever live. They also have Andy Reid. This is not talking about that. Right. We have Chris Jones, who is maybe the defensive player of the year. Certainly, he's in the conversation as a finalist. I have all the respect in the world for the Eagles. I do. I, do. I genuinely think they're a really good football team. I don't think 
they're to the level of Kansas City. Like, to me, I would not be surprised if the Chiefs won the game by multiple scores. I would be very surprised if the Chiefs blown out. Unless Mahomes is just like, like, just can't move or something. Right, right. But as long as he's relatively healthy, I just – I think sometimes because the game gets analyzed so many different ways, you start to almost warp it in your mind where it's like, look, sometimes it's the most, like, what is it called? Occam's Razor? Occam's Razor? Occam's Razor, yeah. Like, the most obvious answer is the right answer. I feel like we're just going to wake up on Monday and go, yeah, you know, shit, Mahomes was unbelievable. Right. Like, that's right. it. Like, that won the game. Yeah. You know, how many times do we say that? Yeah. We're like, well, he did three things that nobody else in the world can do. And Chris Jones made two big plays. And Kelsey made one great catch. And they went. Yeah, and and that by the way is not just against bad. That happens in the Super Bowl. This team is having against the Niners. We're yeah. like, yeah, Mahomes went nuts for a quarter. They scored twenty-one points. That was it. Like, yeah. I just think sometimes we we because we have to we analyze it so many different ways. And we're, we get away from the main thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, you can you can kind of go cross-eyed just thinking about it, right? Sure. I mean, it is. You analyze it, you analyze it. I, I, I think I said this in yesterday's stream. I feel like if this was a regular season game, I wouldn't be worried about it. You know, it'd be one yeah, of those games where I'd be like, yeah, I think they're going to win. I think they're usually a good team, but they're better. I think it's the heightened element of the fact that this is the Super Bowl. Especially if it wasn't on the road and it's either neutral site or home, I'd be like, yeah, yeah they're probably just going to win yeah. the game. Yeah. I mean, I also wonder, and I'm not a gambling expert, so I'm not trying to get into that realm. Like, if Mahomes is known to be healthy, they're not, they're not favored in this game? Right. Right. You know, I feel like they definitely would be. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a, a betting expert would say, oh, I'd be a pick or whatever. I do not think they'd be an underdog. Yeah. That I don't think for sure. Yeah. Let us know what questions you have about the game. We got a little about 10 more minutes before Clay Harbor gets here. As I said, I'm going to ask him. I want to know if he thinks uh, he knows the tight end position, obviously. Does he think Travis Kelsey's the GOAT? Um, and we've got, we got Tony Gonzalez coming by later this week. Are you going to ask Tony Gonzalez? If tra if Travis Kelsey's the goat, yes, you're gonna do it. I'll ask him. I'd be I'd be nervous to ask him that one. I think so. Uh, you know, you know what? I would just say, uh, I think it's fair to ask him. Like when you look at Kelsey, do like do you think he's the greatest tight end of all time, or do you say, hey, look, man, I hold every record there is for tight ends. Right. I mean, I will say this. I and I, I genuinely do believe this. Tony Gonzalez's career gets like oddly overlooked, even from Kansas City fans. Yeah. Tony Gonzalez's career is insane. Like, if you look at the numbers that man put up, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. I, I don't think Kelsey has any chance of touching his numbers. Historically. I think I'm trying to pull it up, but the internet's a little bit slower right now. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure Tony Gonzalez went to like 15 Pro Bowls. It's a long thing like that. We like, every year of his never got hurt, never did bad year. Yeah. And I will say this to be fair to Tony Gonzalez. We have 14 Pro Bowls. Can you imagine if that guy played with Patrick Mahomes? Right. That we just had this conversation I earlier mean, about Eric. God, man. Like, yeah. I think that now I will say this. He also played for 17 seasons. Right. He only I say only. He had only four years of a thousand yards. That is the argument for Kelsey, where Kelsey in his is just so dominant that it's just what but then it, then you also go, yeah, all right, but it was a different era. And he played with Brody Croyle. Right, and he so was he was at the to, forefront you know, of revolutionizing the position as well. Like that, if you were if you aren't old enough to remember the Tony Gonzalez era, the, particularly the early part, it was you know it was Tony Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp, like yep. those are the guys that people started talking about the tight end position a lot differently. And the specific conversation was, 
hey, these guys are revolutionizing the tight end position. And that's something that, like, now it's just it's, it's expected. You're going to have your pass catching tight end. Man was a first-team all-pro at 36 years old. Right. Like, I, that's just crazy. 14 Pro Bowls, six-time first-team all-pro, and an all-decade team in the 2000s. Now, he had, he had 111 touchdowns in his career. Now, again, 17 years, but 111. Kelsey's at 69, okay, and he's and he just finished a year where he had the best ever for him, the career high in 12. He's 33. Is there any chance in your mind he surpasses Gonzalez's touchdowns, 111 to 69? So he needs 42 to tie. I mean, if he doesn't get injured and he and he has one of these long tight end careers, yeah, I think he can get there. I mean, it's. It can be tough, though. You know, he's going to need a couple big seasons. But if he, if he plays a lot more years with Mahomes. Well, if right? he plays, he's going to be with Mahomes, I would yeah. imagine. Right? And that's going to be the thing probably later in the career for him where maybe he slows down a little bit. Right. But he's always going to be the red zone. Threat. Yes. So, and we saw this with, with other guys who played for a long time. They continue. They, these tight ends, these pass catchers, they can continue to be productive. They, especially Kelsey, he takes care of himself out there. You know, right? We were talking about Kittle the other day. Kittle, uh, Kittle really just he invites contact. He gets injured a lot, right? Travis Kelsey's been pretty fortunate, and he's like he he does fight for extra yards, but not in the same way that a guy like George Kittle does. No, I mean it's look, it's crazy. I, for my money, if you said to me one game, who do you want? I I take Kelsey. I think he's the most dominant tight end I've ever seen. I mean, just pure. Give him the ball and get the hell out of his way. Like, I mean, since 2015. Because we're talking eight years, eight seasons. He's made the Pro Bowl every single one of those seasons. He's been a first-team All-Pro every single one of those seasons. And in the years he wasn't, he was a second-team All-Pro, save for one year. The first year in 2015, he wasn't All-Pro. Okay? He's had, at minimum, 1,038 yards each of the last seven years. And in six of those years, had at least 1,125 like, it's just bonkers. And then you go to the playoffs where it's just game in, game out, dominant. Like, absolute dominant. In fact, if you look at his postseason career and you look at his game logs in those games, I mean, his yardage totals with, with Mahomes, just forget forget with Alex Smith, with Mahomes, seven catches, 108 yards, three for 23 in the AFC Championship game, lost to New England. You're there in the Super Bowl, 10 for 134, three touchdowns. Three catches, 30 yards, 643 in a touchdown in the Super Bowl against the Niners. Then he goes nuclear every game. 8-109 in a touchdown. 13-118, two touchdowns. In the Super Bowl loss to Tampa, 10 for 133. 5-108 with a touchdown against Pittsburgh. 8-96 in a touchdown against Buffalo. 10-95 in a touchdown against the Bengals last year. This year, 14 for 98 and two touchdowns. And 7-78 for one touchdown. He's had at least one touchdown catch. In 10 of his last 12 playoff games. Like, it's just insane. He's a primetime guy. If you, so it, actually, this is perfect. In his career, he has played 17 playoff games, all told. Full season. Here are the numbers in the playoffs for what would be a full season now 127 receptions 
1,467 yards and 15 touchdowns. Be the greatest year in NFL history for a tight end. He did in the playoffs. Right, right, right. It's just, it's unbelievable how dominant he's been. And half those games were with Alex Smith. Would you say, he's had a lot of great seasons, but would you say this season with, you know, Tyree Kill out of the picture, no, like, superstar wide receiver that teams need to key in on, no superstar running back that teams need to key on, is this his most impressive year? Could argue it. I mean, at age 33, you could definitely argue it. 12 touchdowns to uh, to lead it all, man. I, You could argue that. I, it's it's really just been incredible. Like, when you stop and look, at, that was a big talking point going through the year. I was like, how is this going to how is this gonna impact Travis Kelsey losing Tyreek Hill? How is this going to affect yeah. him? The answer is uh, it's not. Turns out it really isn't going to. So I, I think – there was always, you know, in some ways, it almost helps Travis Kelsey trade Tyreek Hill from a historical standpoint because I think there always would have been those detractors like, yeah, well, of course he was great. Look at the Tyreek Hill taking off the top. It's like, yeah, and then they didn't, and he's still unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I think it's kind of like the whole thing with Mahomes. Like, well, yeah, you got Tyreek. And then they went out and threw a 5,200 yards anyway. Right, And it's right. like almost unanimous MVP. Like, yeah, okay, well, as it turns out, uh, it worked out okay. By the way, are you seeing this conversation in the chat? I don't know if this is bullshit or not. A couple people are saying that Andy announced that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be the starter for the Super Bowl. I've not seen that. Uh, I will say that. I, uh... Yeah, I have not seen that. And I don't, like, they said that they saw it in a live press conference, but Andy's what done with live press conferences right now, right? Yeah, that was this not, morning. They're not doing a live press conference right yeah. now. Their availability was like 8 a.m. this morning. Yeah, yeah. So, so Alex, I, Alex in the chat says he saw a clip on Twitter. Alex, if you did. Drop the link. Um, it just doesn't sound right to me. No, they would be out of their minds if they did that. No, and even if there you go. What's going on, man? Good. How are you? Thanks for stopping by. Clay Harbor going to be joining us here in a second. Yeah, long time no see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mobile will do that to you. They'll speed up your clock. Oh. Oh, man, how you been? <laughs> good. How about you? Good, good, man. Can't complain. I'm still hungover from that day at Mobile. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, he, he was are. talking. I asked him what your drink of choice was. He said beer. Yeah, he's got a beer. So, uh, how you been? When did you get into town? Um, got in yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. You here through the game or just through the week? Through the game. I'm not going to the game, but I'm here through the game, yeah. Okay, cool. So, what uh, what has this been like for you? I mean, just the, the radio row. Is this the first time you've been down here on Radio Row? Or? First time Radio Row, man. It's been fun because, you know, having my old coach, be a coach in the game, and my old team, a team that I've played for, but I can tie to a lot of things because I know how Andy Reid runs his team, and you know I know how Philly is as a uh, as an organization. So it's been really cool seeing all that and going to college in Missouri at Missouri State University. Yeah. You know I had the t- the the tie there to to Kansas City, so it's been fun, man. It's been been dope, and I'm you know I, I hate to say it, but I think the Eagles are going to win this one. Okay, okay. Right. coming right coming in hot. Yeah, yeah. Right at, so as I was going to ask you, like having played in Missouri. And haven't played for the Eagles, is that who you're rooting for? Though, like, if you're you got split loyalties in this, one. it's tough, man. It's tough because I know how how loyal those fans are in Missouri and being there in college and all those years, the best seven eight years of my life, college. You know, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, Philly, Philly was great. I love my time there. But I think this D line is is just too good, and you can't blitz Pat Mahomes because Pat Mahomes shreds the blitz. Good defensive line, they can get pressure on him without blitzing, I think that's the recipe to beat him. I think this D-line can. 70 sacks, third in NFL history. 
Hassan Reddick versus Andrew Wiley. I mean, I think that's a that's a bloodbath waiting to happen. I don't think Andrew Wiley can block Hassan Reddick. He's given up nine sacks this year. It's a lot of sacks to give up, especially when you have Pat Mahomes getting rid of the ball early. So I think that's going to be the the determining factor in this game is the defensive line versus the offensive line for the for the Chiefs versus the Eagles. If the Chiefs mitigate that advantage, whether it be by using motion or they go a little quick game or Wiley just happens to hold up better than some suspects, I agree with you. Yeah. I think it's the biggest mismatch in the yeah. game. Do you think the Eagles still win, or do you think at that point – do you, in other words, what I'm driving at is, do you think the, the game really pivots on that matchup? Whereas if the Chiefs hold up up front, maybe Mahomes gets sacked twice. You say, okay, well, at the point, then I think maybe it becomes a little bit the other way where Mahomes has his way against his own defense if he likes to play. Andy Reid is really good at these matchups. You think, like, we're, we're worried about the matchup. We've seen Wiley's given up nine sacks. We've yep. seen Hassan Ryder got 16 and a half sacks. Andy Reid has watched the tape too. Andy <laughs> Reid has he has a contingency for if this goes south. But his contingency might take, you know, maybe you have to use Travis Kelsey to chip, chip now. Yeah. Maybe you have to use Jarek McKinnon more to chip and in, in with protection. Maybe you have to use Pacheco and protect protection a little bit. And that's what that's not what he wants to do. Maybe you get him on the move, maybe you get him on the move. He has to trust Orlando Brown too, who I think's been good, but he's not great. I think Josh Sweat is one of the most underrated players on this Eagles team. If you've been watching the Birds, you'll see that that guy can freaking play. Yeah. Hassan Reddick is good. So is Josh Sweat. And I think another guy, Javon Hargrave, is a guy that beast. doesn't get a lot of attention that is a beast as well. Yeah. And I know he's, he's going against Joe Tooney, who's, who's a guy that's an all-pro caliber guard in his own right. But I think Hargrave can even get some pressure. Then you think about Brandon Graham coming off the bench. I mean, this guy was drafted when I was drafted, coming off of a, <laughs> of a, of a what do you have, a Achilles tear, yep. and he's still got 11 sacks. I mean, it's yeah. it's been incredible what he's been able to do. And then we can't forget about Fletcher Cox. So, I mean, they're, they're D-line. D and, and then you've got uh, Robert Quinn coming off of the from the bench, too. People forget that Robert exactly. Quinn's even on the yeah. Eagles. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, what advantage do you think the Chiefs have in this game when you look at the matchups between these two teams? Two words, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's a pretty good advantage. That's the only advantage they have when I look at this team. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, too. Dallas Goddard's good, but he's not Travis Kelsey. And um, those two guys, you can never count them out. You never count on Andy Reid. He's going to have a great offensive game plan. going to look and see the Andrew Wiley versus Hodden Reddick. He's going to have a plan for all of that. But I think overall as a team, Eagles are just too good. Best team versus the best player. I think the best team wins every time. Okay. Now, I'm curious. You know Andy? You also know Steve Spagnuolo, right? I mean, just going against him at times in your career. Yeah. What does he do that creates a hard – because that is one thing I'm zeroing in on in this game. Is Hurts is a very good quarterback. He's young. He's seen Spags once, but that was a year ago when they had a lot you – know, both teams were wildly different. It was week three. It's a little bit different than now. Yeah. Spags is known for being creative and exotic yeah. and bringing weird pressures that you don't yeah. expect. What kind of problems can that create for an offense? I think he's going to light up to Hurts. He's going to try to blitz, but I mean that that leaves. I mean that that there's some problems in that too because you start blitzing Jalen Hurts, he makes a guy miss, then he's off to the races. He's not an easy guy to bring down. Jalen Hurts. I saw Jalen Hurts. I'm like, this guy looks like a tight end. This guy's bigger than me. You know, I'm yeah. a, a tight end. Jalen Hurts. He's a big guy. Everybody talks about how he can squat 600 pounds. He's tough to bring down. So if you miss and you blitz, and now you got man-to-man -man coverage in the back end, he can be running for a long time. So he's going to bring some exotic blitzes. He's going to get some pressure. But I think Jalen Hurts can beat that. He's not the best against the blitz, 
but I think he's good enough to where he makes a guy miss. He can throw the hot route. He's smart enough to where he can beat Spags' blitzes. Well, we talk about great players who are a tight end. The Chiefs have one of the best tight ends, maybe the best tight end in the game. I wanted to ask you, how do you think Travis Kelsey st- like stacks up? Like, Who do you think the GOAT tight end is, and is Kelsey on pace to achieve that? That's tough because I, I've been on record as Travis Kelsey's greatest tight end of all time. I think he is. He's the greatest playmaking tight end of all time, hands down. Tony Gonzalez, Gronk, I think Travis Kelsey, Shannon Sharp, I think he's better than all of them. Only thing that I can't say about Travis Kelsey is yeah, play with Robert Gronkowski. Robert Gronkowski could play offensive tackle if he wasn't a tight end. That's how good of a blocker uh, Robert Gronkowski is. The guy would get his hands inside. He could run the ball behind him every single play. Gronk was one of a kind at blocking, and he made the plays. All-around tight end, blocking tight end, I have to go with Gronk. But... As far as receiving tight end, playmaking guy, you got to go with Kelsey. If you were going to create a tight end in a lab, would it be Gronk? I think I think you have to go with Gronk. I mean, Gronk, it's funny because when I was on the New England Patriots, I wanted to see why was Gronk so good. I want to study this guy. I want to get his head. I mean, use this to you know, take some things from his game, implant it in my game. Watching Gronk, couldn't turn it out. I mean, he's, he's fast, but he's not that fast. He's strong. He's not that strong. You know, he's big. he's not not the biggest, but the guy just made plays and he could block. He could just do it. And then like he was so smart. You asked him like you tried to get inside. Like Gronk, why you know why do you run the route like that? And Gronk's a big dumb animal. Like he's like, <laughs> you know I just saw the defense there and you know so instead of going left I went right. And I'm like trying to get the cerebral intellectual answer from him so I could like coming. I'm like wow like you you just went left instead of right when. You saw the guy there. So it's just a feel. He could just do it, and the guy played hard. No fear. He, he would not slow down. He'd catch the ball over the middle. He's not slowed down. He looks like he's running with two left feet, but the guy would break tackles. He was one of the best run-after-catch players I've ever seen in my career. The guy would just, like you said, not that fast, not that big, not that strong. He would just get it done. What's your best Gronk story that you can tell in public? <laughs> The best Gronk story, well, Gronk was, I've never seen a better beer pong player. Oh, okay. Gronk was my partner in beer pong. I didn't hit a shot, and we blinked out a team. <laughs> this guy was just incredible at beer pong. He never missed. Never missed. I mean, he just shot after shot after shot. Nah, nah. No <laughs> shot. Nah, nah. You know Gronk was. Guy just, just knocking down shots in beer pong like crazy. Somehow that's not surprising. <laughs> no, like, not in the least. Man with Arizona. Yeah. Okay. You got a lot. He practiced that morning. Is he doing a like, doing, what is it, Gronk Beach? Yeah, it's a beach party on Saturday. Yeah. I, I didn't get that, the I'll invite. Be, I did. I'll be clinically dead if I go. Um, I, you know, it's it's interesting, though. I mean, you played for some some very unique head coaches. Yeah. You played for Andy. You mentioned your time with the Pats yeah. and Belichick. Like, obviously, they're very different. Yeah. But who like who did you enjoy playing for more, just from their style, just from their, their, their style? I mean, Andy, known as the player's coach. Bill's very much, you know, Bill's going to play like this, and this is the way that we're going to do this. <laughs> like, I'm, obviously, both have had incredible success, but which did you enjoy your time with a little more? I mean, Andy Reid's, you know, one of a kind. He's a guy that he, that you want to play for. You know, but the best coach, I would say, the, the funnest to play for, I mean, besides the fact that we were just losing every single week, 
was the Jacksonville Jaguars with Gus Bradley. You could do whatever the heck you wanted there. That might be part of the problem. Hey, Clay, you, uh, you feel like practicing today? I'm going to sit this one out, coach. Okay, that's fine. You know, it wasn't quite like that. And I would obviously practice. But as far as, like, a culture, it was all about just uplifting. And I think that if you had a veteran team, the Gus Bradley culture would be great. When you have a young team like that, you can't. There's not enough discipline to go around. I mean, the guys just didn't get what you had to do to be an NFL player and didn't get, you know, the culture was something you had to protect. But between Andy and Bill, I liked Andy, I liked Bill, but, I mean, Andy was my guy, the guy that drafted me, and I really enjoyed his uh, his coaching style. A little bit earlier today we had Joe Montana here. Uh, Matt no way. And I both grew up, you know, yeah. Chiefs fans. And we were oh, pretty, pretty starstruck. Yeah, <laughs> starstruck meeting Joe Montana. We, we interviewed a lot of people. It's rare that we're like – were really starstruck, and this was one of those moments. Uh, when you got to the league, you know, having grown up, being a huge football guy, who was the first person that you met that you were like, wow, I can't believe I'm, I'm meeting this person? First guy I probably met when I was a little bit starstruck. Well, I was coming from Missouri State, man, so I mean, like, for, I didn't know any, like, just my team was full, full of personalities. Got to meet Michael Vick, you know, Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, those were big-name guys, and Namdi Asimov, Vince Young. But honestly, it would have to be when I when I got uh, signed by the, the Patriots, Tom Brady. I mean, that guy's just like he's like larger than life. The person I meet walking into the Patriots facility when I sign, I'm like, I'm going in. I'm like excited, meet everybody, you know, you know, sign with the Patriots, and walking in the into Gillette Stadium. First person I meet is Tom, and Tom. Stops me on the way in. He's like, Clay, hey, like, pleasure to have you here, man. You know, I, I you know, I, I think you're a great player. Looking forward to playing with you in this offense. I remember thinking that was so cool. Got like Tom Brady knew me, like a backup tight end. You know, you got Rob Gronkowski, Martellus Bennett already here. He said he's already excited about playing with me and stuff. I'm like, dude, that's pretty, pretty freaking cool. Right. Now, I was like, yeah. If, if, th- thanks, Tom. You know, tr- try. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna do good for you guys. You know, <laughs> like yeah. trying to, trying to communicate with them. That was like a little bit of a, uh, of a starstruck moment with Tom. I feel like I'd be so terrified the first time I screwed something up, like something <laughs> yeah. practice something. Like, oh god, I'm so sorry. I think he's just gonna cut me right on the field. Literally, yeah, one yeah. time in the huddle, Tom's like. Uh, I was trying. I was. I was swimming in the playbook a little bit, but Tom called the play so fast because he wanted to get to the field, be able to look at the defense and, and make his moves and audibles and see what covers they're in. So he would call the play. He'd call the plays like an auctioneer, like uh, 100, 100, 200, 200, 200, 300, 300, We have three, three. We have four. But he's calling a play like that fast. I'm like, I'm like looking. At him, I'm like, what? <laughs> he stopped. Told he was Clay. I don't like that look in your face. I'm like, then I get pissed off. He's like, yeah, that's better. <laughs> and then we go out to the line, you know, we had to run the play. And I do, he's like, yeah, you, that's the look you need. And I'm like, Tom, like, you really just played that on me? It's like a Master Yoda moment, you know, Mr. Miyagi teaching Daniel's son something. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. What, you know, Brady's a guy who never had the biggest arm. He yeah. Wasn't, certainly wasn't mobile. What made him so great? Like, in Europe, I mean, you played him. Like, what was it about Tom Brady? You're like, that dude's just different. That competitiveness, man. His comp- he was so competitive that he was willing to outwork everybody. He wanted to be perfect. He is playing. He's playing seven on seven in OTAs like it is the Super Bowl. He's he. You never fall, you never rise to the occasion. You fall back to the level of the training. That's how he played. A quick Tom Brady story. When I first got to New England, they had these plays. Just got to know plays. Most teams had like ten. New England had a hundred. 
It's like you, you say Mountain Dew, which you shouldn't be drinking Mountain Dew, by hey, the way. Hey, what do you want from me, man? But <laughs> got to stay awake. Yeah. yeah, that's right. This guy's chugging these rock stars, too. So you say Mountain Dew, and you got to know the whole play. You got no formation. You got no play. And also, like, green right, 373, Y6 slant, check, 34 zone on one. So I got really good at this. So they say Mountain Dew, I'd go green right, 373, Y6 slant. And then they would say the play, like, thir- uh, green right, 370, you have to say Mountain Dew. They go, Mountain Dew. So they switched those up, and that's how they'd play the game. Okay. I got really good, and I started dusting the tight ends. I'm crushing Gronk. I'm crushing Martellus. I'm crushing all the guys in the room. One day, Tom walks in in training camp, and he's just talking to Brian Dables, our tight end coach. And he's like, okay, we're going to run this route because the defense is sitting on it. We're going to run this route at this depth. And t- he goes, Tom, before you leave, play Clay in this game. Tom's like, come on, Dabes. He called Dable Dabes. He's like, I've been here for 17 years. Clay's been here for, what, five minutes? You think he's going to beat me in this game? <laughs> yeah, just play him. So we play. And uh, Dable's like, all right, green right three. So I'm like, Mountain Dew. Like, I always got really good at him. And I beat Tom like five to three. He's pissed off. Pissed off. All right, all right. He leaves, slams the door. And I'm like, is he serious? Everybody's going, oh, Clay, oh, Gronk. And the rest of the guys are going crazy. Kind of forget about it. Next day, we're sitting in meetings. Dable's going through the, the coverages and stuff, you know, boring football stuff. Door opens up and shuts again. All right, Clay, you MFer. He's like, let's go. I go, what is going Everybody's like, oh, Clay, let's go. So Tom walks in. Dable's like, oh, he wants to play the game. He's like, let's go, Clay. So we play the game, and Tom beats me 5 nothing. looks at me. That's right. Leave, slams the door. This guy is so competitive that I beat him in this dumbass game that he goes home. He probably studies for several minutes, several hours, maybe an hour. I don't know. He studies to come right. back and just to prove that he's better than me and beat me the next day in front of all the tight ends. So that's how competitive Tom Brady is. Even in a dumb game, it doesn't mean anything. This guy has six rings at the time. <laughs> that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What about playing for Bill Belichick? I got to imagine, you know, he, every time I see him in an interview, he seems like a big cuddly guy. Uh, <laughs> what, what's it like coming in, being the new guy in town, and, and with him and his lofty expectations? And then on top of that, also having to deal with Brady and his lofty expectations. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy. It's like you got to do your job, and if you don't, you're, you're out of here. And, um, you know, I like I liked Belichick. I thought he was a good guy. And, um, you know, great coach, obviously. And he's just one of those guys that you you look at and whatever he says is, you know, is important. You know, it's like when he speaks, you're listening. Yeah. You know, he just commands a room. And even when he's, all right, you guys obviously don't know how to run a simple freaking draw. <laughs> like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> what are we teaching? What are you teaching over here, Josh? Is this, is this what you're teaching these guys? I don't know what's going on. You know, it's like. Whenever he talks, you listen, and you know when he's pissed off that you don't want to be, you know, on his bad side. But honestly, really good guy. Nothing but uh, good things to say about about Bill. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, listen, Clay, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to heed the advice this big man. It's this or it's rock star, and I'm not drinking rocks. So it's this. Dude, my man's chugging those rock stars man. over there. I was about to uh, maybe we need an intervention. It's been a long day. Uh, so like 300 day. milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, thanks, pal. Yeah. You appreciate <laughs> it. I'll take this. <laughs> We've been hey. streaming for a long time. You got to. Yeah, you need you something. Can, listen, <laughs> you can't play the health game with me. I was in Vitz with you. Okay. I I, the, I was, was taking down IPAs. I'll admit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, that being said, I think you're doing okay. You're yeah. all right. 
It's just the, the size of the shirt is extra. Oh, it's medium, yeah. That's so just the shirt. My yeah. arms yeah. look it's big. It's showing off it's a nice little bit. You finally run to somebody who's in the same yeah. kind of physical shape I'm in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I respect that about you. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, hey, Clay Harbor, former NFL tight end, played for Andy, played for Bill, beat Tom Brady in a hilarious game in Foxborough. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, I really appreciate, appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Take care. All right, fellas. Yeah. Clay Harbor. All right. Clay Harbor, great interview. Yeah, very, very good interview. Lighten the mood around here. That's right. Should, do we need to have I an intervention from you at the rock show? I know. Well, you're gonna have to put you have to put that one down. This one's not a diet though. That's a, the, the, the key has been the diet because the non-diet is 77 grams of sugar. Yeah. And yeah. if I drink that, I'm gonna have diabetes by the time I'm halfway through it. I didn't even look at the. the I had the oh god, this is yeah, that's yeah right. this is look, bad. Yeah, look at what you did. 63 look, grams look of sugar. Well, hey man, it's got a B vitamin in it. Congratulations. Yeah, right. I'll be all right. Um, we got to get uh, on to the next one. I think here. Yeah, they're. Uh, they're hooking us up with uh, with some headphones because we got our guy. Yes. Our yes, co-host sir. Adam Best is is going to be on. Um, this is fascinating. This Just watching it on the camera here. Um, <laughs> We're going to see how it goes. This is live. Oh, yeah. Look at this. this, is, this Just is give sir. us a second. We got to get mic'd up. We got to already mic'd up. All right, Armour, get it done. There you go. Beautiful. That's fine. That's fine. All righty. All right. I'm all set. But uh, Patrick and all set. We'll give him a minute here. Um, we got 13 more minutes on the stream here. We're going to bring Adam Best on just in a second. Um, and we're uh, we're going to wrap it here right after Adam. But first, we got to uh, bring on one of the main men of the pocket. By the way, real quick, the Eagles are their practice report today. Per Jeff McClain does a great job covering the Eagles over at the Inquirer for Philly. Uh, limited in practice, uh, Lane Johnson, Cam Jurgens, Avante Maddox, uh, Landon Dickerson, and Robert Quinn, both full. Nobody missed practice. I've not seen the Chiefs report yet. If it's out, I have not seen it come across my timeline yet. Um, that, that's where we stand. So both teams, uh, seemingly everybody's practicing. Hey, and Adam Best joins us, giving us the thumbs up. Um Adam, you know, we, we may have a little bit of a delay on our video, so good to see you. What, boy, where'd you get that hat, man? That looks good. Got to come through with the desert drip. It is the desert drip. It is. You know? I, I was in the team shop with your brother uh, mm -hmm. yesterday, and, I, and, and, he, and we were talking about you and that hat and talking about how we didn't think we could pull it off, but we knew you could. Oh, I'll try anything. I, not not a not a rock star though. I mean that thing's got enough caffeine in it to kill a horse, to kill a class I, I, day or Honestly, something. honestly, I meant to tell Zach to get me a diet, but I, I need I needed I needed something to keep me awake. And by the way, I want you to know that I noticed that you put thought into what shirt you were going to wear with that hat. I mean, absolutely. You know, you have you have if you're going to wear this thing. You, you got to come. I mean, I'm I'm thinking like all the way around, man. You know, you're, I not, do. A, you're, you're not a style an icon like Vertoram here. Well, listen, some of us, uh, it's just natural. Yeah. You know, I wake up, I, I open the closet, I see a shirt, some pants, and some shoes. I mean, that's fine. That'll work. Yeah. It's it's the I don't give a you-know-what look. Yep. But but with a collar and a button shirt, I got to be a person. Yeah. I got to rep the company like a human being. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely not matching my hat to my shirt, to my shoes. I can't be bothered with that. Right, right. You, go, you have two kids and you come talk to me about style. Okay. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let my wife know. Zero uh, kids. I, that's the secret, that's, Matt. That's right. Yeah, that's, the, yeah. that's the assignment. Um, all right, Adam. So uh, have you, by the way, have you caught any of our interviews today? Did you see Dr. Joe Montana? 
I did. I did. Great interview. Thank you. You had to be a little, you had to be a little nervous for that one. I know you guys have interviewed a lot of people, but growing up watching Joe, that's, that's different. You know, that's talking to one of your idols, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, Adam. So it's been a long week. We've been out here. I, geez, we still got a long way to go. We're at like the halfway point. How are, I just asked Rotoram this a little bit ago. How are you feeling heading into this game? As it gets closer, are you getting more and more confident about the Chiefs prospects or are you feeling more and more nervous? I'm getting more and more confident. I'll tell you why. The quarterbacks. It comes down to the two quarterbacks. Um, digging into Jalen Hurts. He's been erratic on deep throws since he came back from that shoulder injury. Four for 13 on deep throws, basically throws that travel over 20, 20 air yards, right? And I looked into it some more. He's great when you don't blitz. He's basically a top five quarterback, according to EPA per play, when he plays against man and when you don't blitz him. But when you blitz him, he's a bottom 10 quarterback. So if he's missing on the deep ball, because of that shoulder and he doesn't have his touch and he's bad when you blitz him, I think Spagnolo is going to throw everything but the kitchen sink and probably the kitchen sink at him too. I just, my biggest thing in this game, and I, it, the more I think about it, the more I just think it benefits Kansas City. And not, look, it's honestly not even coming from a biased place. It's coming from a place of anal- analyzation of the game. Like, so I'm looking at next-gen stats right now. Okay, and they tweeted this out uh, six, seven minutes ago. And it says Darius Slay has been targeted on just 18 of his 156 man cover snaps this season. And it talked, and, and they have a similar one for Bradbury, who's been in 100 and uh, oh, it does, I'm sorry, it doesn't give how many snaps there were for Bradbury, but it does for for Slay. And it's like 156 man coverage snaps. That's like if they played man for two games and then never played man again. If they sit in zone that much against Mahomes, I don't care what they're doing up front. If they don't win immediately, that's a problem. Like, that is that is a huge issue. Look, if the Eagles just win it up front constantly and they're home in two seconds, they're going to win. They're going to win big. But if they sit in the zone cover the entire game and they mix in 10% of man, I think Mahomes is going to have an enormous game. I think the Eagles are going to have to literally get to him immediately or it's going to be a hard a hard they Philadelphia's defense as talented as it is just because of the style. That's tough to do. Uh, Mahomes took the third least sacks in the league, only behind the statuesque Brady and Jerry Goff. But if you dig deeper and you look at pressure to sack rate, basically what percentage of the times you're pressured turn into sacks, he's at 10.5%. That's the best in the league. He's the hardest guy to sack in the league. So in my opinion, that negates that that vaunted pass rush a little bit, depending on the health of his ankle. But it seems like reports out of Arizona, you guys tell me, seems like the ankle is looking pretty good. He said to uh, all of us the other day that he's, quote, way better. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, take that for what it's worth. Of course, you could just be lying about it. But um, that is, uh, that's what he's saying. You know, he's not going to be 100%. He's going to be dealing with some pain. Hopefully, he, the, the, my biggest fear is a re-aggravation of the, industry, the injury if it's not all the way healed. That's something that when you, when you turn your ankle, you're more susceptible to ankle sprain. So we don't want to see that. That could really put a damper on the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. But you got to believe this is the Super Bowl. Mahomes knows it. 
he knows after the season if he's got to get a little surgery or something, whatever. Like, this is it. So he's going to lay it all on the line like he did on that last play against the Bengals where he hit 18 miles per hour. So if he could hit 18 miles per hour a week after getting that injury, I mean, you got to like it. Now it's three weeks since the injury happened. But, Adam, i got to ask you, I know one of your favorite NFL non-Chiefs NFL players, A.J. Brown's going to be playing in this game. How worried are you about the Chiefs' ability to stop A.J. Brown? Well, after looking into the, the deep throw numbers, I feel better about that aspect of A.J. Brown. But the thing you have to do is tackle. You have to tackle him because he is a bull in the open field. Yep. But having Willie Gay healthy, having LeJarrius Sneed healthy, that will really help. Uh, he's going to get his. I feel about the same way I did about Jamar Chase. He's going to get 80, 90 yards, whatever. You just can't let him have one of these 140-yard games. If you recall the last time the Chiefs played against him, he dropped one of those games and almost single-handedly beat the Chiefs. You just can't let him do that. By the way, one thing I think is really interesting. So Mahomes has been blitzed off in 60 times, not including the playoffs. Only four quarterbacks this year have been blitzed more than that. Mahomes has been blitzed a ton. So they've challenged him. Goff, Herbert, Hertz, and Geno Smith. Those four guys. Now, some of that is Mahomes is throwing the ball a lot. So there's more opportunity to get blitz. Um, Mahomes has actually scrambled two more times this year than Hurts has. Now, again, again, part of that is Mahomes also throws the ball a lot more than Hurts. So you got you to fact that in. Hurts didn't play two games. Um, but then you start looking at like quarterback hits. Mahomes took 56 hits this year, which was six most in the league. And you wonder in this game, you know, he will hang in the pocket. He, the only guy who had more time in the pocket this year, like taken between snap and throw, was Justin Fields. Mahomes was second most. And yet, he almost never gets sacked. Like, for an example, so Fields held the ball a tenth of a second longer on average than Mahomes. Fields was sacked 55 times. Mahomes was sacked 20 times. So Mahomes, now a lot of that, of course, is being able to move. And that's the one question in this game I have. I don't care if he can run for a ton of yardage. Can he just move enough to avoid the rush? He did that against Cincinnati. So as long as he doesn't re-injure the ankle, I think he's okay. But that's the one thing to talk about. He's dealing with the ankle, hurts with the shoulder. Does one of these guys get a little re-injured early in the game? It could change everything about the Super Bowl. Adam, I want to ask you. Now, Adam does a lot on our TikTok channel. He goes live there sometimes for hours at a time. So make sure you check out the TikTok. He was on there last night. I saw some of you talking about it in the chat. By the way, also, so one of you guys said, uh, Adam, Adam's been a great addition. Technically, we're the additions. <laughs> if right. you've been around long enough, Adam started Arrowhead Attic. But we did. We were wise enough to bring him back into the fold. Yes. First chance we got. Of course. But I wanted to ask you, Adam, you've been spending so much time on the TikTok talking directly we've been really busy this week we've been getting to interact a little bit you've been getting to interact directly with everyone on that tiktok how mm -hmm. are like what's the general sentiment among the cheese fans out there how are they feeling about the game and what are you getting asked about the most this week probably health but the cheese fans seem confident the eagles fans seem confident i would have to say getting asked a lot about health could tony um the ankle how will the Chiefs' secondary hold up is an interesting one. And then how will the Chiefs stop this running attack? And my answer to that is do what the Washington Commanders did on Monday Night Football. 
And that's get a lead on these guys and make them play from behind. You do that. You force them to pass. They become one-dimensional. Uh, a lot of uh, Chiefs fans seem worried about that rushing attack. I'm worried about it. I've been talking about it all week. I think the Chiefs need to get out to a lead to try to mitigate that a little bit, especially – and look, we don't know. You've, you've mentioned it in, in, in today's podcast. The Eagles do know the state of jail shoulder. Sure. And so, you know, they're, they're going to come out and they're going to if, – if, if they know he can't throw it, they're going to probably, come hell or high water, continue to try to run the football. They, it's something that they do really well. And if the Chiefs aren't stout enough and they can't get a lead, they're going to find themselves in trouble real quick, I think. That's, that's the biggest worry I have. Yeah, I, I, look, it's, the Eagles are really good. Like, I think sometimes because we're talking a lot about the Chiefs and what they can do, it almost sounds like, well, we're just taking the Eagles so lightly. Like I, I'm not at all. I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think the Eagles absolutely can win the football game. I mean, it, I always like, I, I was looking at the ESPN Game Center, like, take, take it whatever it's worth. It's literally 50-50. Like, who thinks going to win? The, yeah. the Eagles are excellent. I, I think the, the big question in the game for me is going to be, can the Chiefs hold up up front enough? And then when the Eagles have the ball, hurts against Spagnolo. Because Spags just does a lot of stuff. It's a lot. Like, if you don't see him all the time, I, you can watch as much film as you want, but they will throw different looks at you like, I think for Burrow, who had a really hard time in the NFC title game against him, Burrow sees him all the time. And he still confused Burrow a lot in that game. Yeah. Hertz has seen him once. It was in week – I actually had to correct myself. I said week three earlier, week four. Week four last year when you saw, like, Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen and all these guys. Like, this is a much different defense. What is it going to look like? I mean, you – like, if you're the Chiefs, you know how Philadelphia is going to play you defensively. You know what's coming. That's how they play. They've been very good at it. There's no reason for them to change. You have no clue how the Chiefs are going to play this game. Are they going to be really aggressive? Are they going to sit back? Are they going to play more cover two? Are they going to play quarters? Are they going to blitz a ton? Are they going to simulate pressure? Are they just they do all that stuff? I think that's why, frankly, a lot of times with the Chiefs, they're not good defensively early in the year. And then the latter half of the year, they're much better. Because I think even for them, it's a lot of information to deal with in process. All right, Adam, how are you feeling, man? I don't know if we're going to get a chance to talk to you again before the game. So are you give us your final score prediction? Yeah. Let me run through one list for you guys. Okay. Before I go. And this is the quarterbacks the Eagles have faced since week six. Basically the last four months. Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. The Packers put up 33. Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, he put up 40, Andy Dalton, Daniel, uh, not Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, actually. Yes. Daniel Jones, and then Josh Johnson. They didn't play Burrow. They didn't play Allen. They didn't play Herbert or Lamar. They haven't seen anything like Patrick Mahomes. I do not think they're going to be ready. Uh, I have the more battle-tested coach and quarterback, the better coach and quarterback coming out ahead in the end. 31-28 Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I'm not getting off off that train now. So a close game. So yep. give me a hard – I want to blow out Chiefs. I can't handle it. I already had one 
one fourth quarter in the Super Bowl where I was basically planning a funeral, you know, and then they yes. came back and, and I can we have my, our blowout funeral? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I want our I want our Super Bowl blowout. All right, uh, Adam, that was Adam Best, founder, co-founder of ArrowheadAddict.com. Make sure you're heading over to ArrowheadAddict.com this week with Matt Connor, the crew over there. They've got all the details you need. Vertigram and I are going to be back tomorrow uh, for, what is day four here, Thursday. And boy, do we have a lineup tomorrow. Um, more star power, Deion Sanders. Adam Vinatieri, Justin Jefferson, another one of Adam's favorite players in the league. Mike Golick Sr. dropping by, Stephen A. Smith, and Tony Richardson. We've got Tony Gonzalez later this week. And as, as uh, the other Arrowhead Ad co-founder, Zach Best, mentioned in the chat, Mama Kelsey. Yeah. We're going to Mama Kelsey today, actually, I think. Right? Later today? Is that later today? Four, 430 Mountain. We're going to tape it. Okay, it's not going to be live. So that'll go up on the that'll go on the YouTube channel. So yeah. make sure to subscribe. Yeah, we may upload it audio too. Just be on the lookout, but definitely it'll be on the YouTube channel. Ma Kelsey, just an absolute banger of a week out here. I somebody in the chat mentioned, "Hey, thank you for thank you for all the the content you guys are bringing. I feel like I've been down at the Super Bowl with you. That's awesome, man. That's exactly what we're going for. Uh, we worked so hard all year, and you guys have done such a great job of supporting us. This is what we wanted." You know, when we fired up the podcast uh, at the start of the year was, can we get down there to Arizona and give our our listeners and our viewers the best damn cheese coverage out there? That's what we're trying to do. We're going on six hours of sleep a night if we're lucky. That might be because we're going out after all the work's done. But, you know, well, we got to have a good right time. Now. Yeah, yeah. Vertigram's at, at like hour 15 straight of streaming. So uh, we're going to get a, a, a drink. I'm going to finish my start rock time for tomorrow. Yeah, start time tomorrow. Uh we got Deion Sanders is coming at uh, will be ten forty five Central Time, so we'll probably start the stream around nine thirty or ten thirty, ten thirty Central on, Time. You know oh my god, I, I need more Rockstar, man. By the way, Rockstar, is Rockstar going to start sponsoring the pod? Nah. No. Are they supposed to? I would much rather drink Casey beer. I'm not supposed to. Be doing. Poison me. No, thank you. There you go, little Mountain Dew. That, yeah, that, that, Mountain take the Mountain edge Dew. off. So, somebody, somebody was saying we should have everybody sign the Mountain Dew bottle when they come by. All right, everybody, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for watching our stream today. We'll catch you later on. Thank you to Adam Best. Thank you to Joe Montana, to Clay Harbor. Uh, God, who else? Jim, Jim McMahon. Kyle Turley. Kyle Turley. It was absolutely awesome. Sam Monson. Sam Monson, PFF. But really, thank you to Joe Montana. Yeah, thank you to producer Richard, producer for for shepherding these guests in and doing everything behind the scenes you guys have been great adam best thank you so much shout out to matt verderam for his long day of streams i'm patrick allen we will see you guys tomorrow but until then as always go chiefs Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.